You are listening to The Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. The newly relaunched SwordChomp.com. We know your life is precious and time is valuable, so thank you for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, The Chomp Cast actually gives you double life experience points. Every show is streaming and available at our newly relaunched website, as mentioned before, SwordChomp.com, and of course, iTunes, Spotify, every major podcast outlet. Head on over, give us a kind five-star rating. We really appreciate that. Subscribe, and if you're feeling really frisky, you can go to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. If you'd like to support us, you can become a VIP member of Chomp Nation, but we'll talk a bit more about that later on. We've got a great show today. <clears throat> Flashback to E3 2003. Hundreds of game journalists and media members crammed into a tiny little theater for Halo 2 gameplay reveal. That's right. Remember, at this time, Halo had actually become a phenomenon. You know, Master Chief was basically a household name, which is weird because his name is actually just two titles Master and Chief. His name's John. Well, come on. Well, it's, John is not the household name. No one says no one says John, the lead character of Halo. Uh, but you're right. It's John. <clears throat> I was hunkered down in my living room at the time, 16 years old, in Biloxi, Mississippi, sweating my ass off, watching G4 TV with the lovely Morgan Webb and the Adam Sessler. That's right. As they covered all E3 shenanigans for my nerdy little heart. Dreaming that one day maybe I too could be crammed into that tiny little theater with a bunch of sweaty journalists in Los Angeles. Um, and sadly, <laughs> slowly but surely, that reality seems to be an impossibility with each passing day. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, I want to recount some of the amazing moments of this uh, E3 trailer for Halo 2 at the time. I went and watched it today like three or four times after the Xbox event yesterday. Uh, some moments that the crowd cheered for during that eight minute long E3 demo when Master Chief used his brand new battle rifle for the first time, which was actually originally a one shot battle rifle. Um, crowd went crazy for that, which was, which was fascinating. When he first pulled out Two weapons, two SMGs, dual wielding. That's right. That was a thing that people lost their fucking mind over. Um, There's a brand new enemy type, uh, the Brutes, which were like these crazy um, warlike uh, monkeyish kind of alien creatures. And uh, my favorite moment was when a Brute, as just mentioned, the new crazy monkey type enemy, landed on the top of a warthog that Master Chief was riding on the back of, you know, shooting his machine gun or what have you. Out of the sky from a dropship, a brute a leader just drops onto your warthog and just starts bashing the driver, causing the warthog to crash. And then you get out and you shoot the warthog and, and I'm sorry, you shoot the brute and you kill it. And I was like, holy shit, this is incredibly dynamic. This is crazy. Um, and it just, it was just like mind blowing that Halo was taking all of these crazy, crazy um, jumps to, uh, for the sequel at the very end of the demo. And this was perfect. Just after Cortana points out, uh, a covenant ship in the sky. A, bar- a barrage of glowing drop pods begin to land around the chief. Elites step out of these drop pods and draw their energy swords, which again was a weapon that you'd get to use, which was pretty cool. Um, but they didn't show that at the demo at the time. The chief responds by holstering one of his SMGs and charging up a plasma grenade. <sighs> Cortana, noting chief's action, 
teasingly says, I bet you can't stick it. To which Master Chief responds, you're on. As he lunges forward to toss the grenade and the demo ends with the music soaring. Or, you know, it was beautiful. I was going to play it, but there's probably copyright reasons. Um, Fuck, that was... I had chills watching this fucking gameplay trailer all these years later. It was absolutely insane. That was back in 2003. Um, Good God, I just realized how long ago that was, and it's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> just holy fuck, 2003. God. Mm-hmm. Oh, 70. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, 17 years ago. Um, anyways, I, I, I thought it'd be a fun way to recount. Uh, you should go check it out if you haven't watched it in a long time. But we... Of course, that we had the big Xbox presentation that opened with Halo Infinite that we're going to talk about today, and we're going to break down some of our favorite appearances from the Xbox Games Showcase of Summer, which was, for all intents and purposes, their E3. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that today. Of course, they opened with Halo, and that's going to be a big point of discussion. Um, around that time, ironically, I also discovered Sly Cooper through a five-star review on G4 TV as well, and was introduced to a little company called Sucker Punch that has now made Ghost of Tsushima, which is uh, actually is one of the fastest-selling uh, new IP I think I saw on the PlayStation. And yes, Shay's clapping because I didn't pronounce it incorrectly. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, me, me and Rich have been playing the shit out of that, so we're going to be able to talk quite a bit about that today. I know people are excited to, to get those opinions, hopefully. Um... And you may not know this, but Sucker Punch also made a game for the Nintendo 64 that you probably never heard of called uh, Rocket Robot on Wheels. It was their very first game. True story. Anyways, very happy for Sucker Punch, and it's going to be a lot of fun to discuss that game. Paper Mario's back in the fold with the Origami King. Uh, Rich and Josh will have some thoughts on the new Paper Mario game. Carry on my wayward death blob. That's right. Carry on. We have our early impressions of the new Devolver puzzle-ish game. Get it? Carry on. Carry on my... Can we auto-tune that in post? I, yeah, That's no. what I wanted. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shay spent some time running up 150 diglets in the new Pokemon DLC, the Isle of Armor. And I'll sprinkle in some polls throughout to keep the show spicy. Um, and we have a Patreon poll to discuss as well, because our patrons are not only friends and family that support us, they are a big part of every podcast. Let's get to some intros. It's going to be a fun show today. Hey, Rich is here from New York. How you doing, Rich? Uh, fine. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm hyping you up here. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm glad you, I'm glad you could fill in today or uh, this week for the Xbox presentation because I had a family emergency and I could not be there. So it was I was really confused watch. about what you meant. I was like, fill in. I'm on the show every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you could. Fill. It's really, you're just filling in forever in so many ways. I, is Fish ever it. coming home? It's a, it's a, it's a permanent, <laughs> we, nobody knows. Nobody has an answer. Um, permanently filling in, uh, Richmeister as always. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I watched you and Josh stream because I was unable to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, that was, I have some, I can bounce some ideas off what I heard you guys say. And hopefully our patrons, was it, did you enjoy, uh, the stream there, Rich? Was yeah. That fun? Um, yeah, th- those things are always fun to just kind of like talk over and, uh, <laughs> and, um, sorry. Uh, yeah, those things are always fun to talk over. And I think there were more than a few, uh, nice little, little surprises in there. Uh, I, I don't, th- 
Halo's the obvious one that I enjoyed seeing. Um, and then there were some smaller little surprises that there's not a crazy amount to elaborate on just yet, but it's cool to see that stuff happening just the same. Yeah, yeah. Like them pretending that Brutal Legend 2 was going to happen for a second. That's, I don't, like, I, I just because Jack Black is in a room with Double Fine doesn't mean, yeah, like, I'm sorry everyone. He's been in, like, four other games at this point. Has and he really? Fact, yeah, oh, that yeah. level in, like, showcasing this level that's clearly going to be, um, for one, I'm excited because Psychonauts always does a good job of fleshing out characters, of seeing whatever Jack Black's character in that universe is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and then seeing, like, that level that's clearly built around, like, music and stuff uh, seems really fucking awesome. And no one wanted Brutal Legend 2 anyway, except Josh. Josh probably did. Um, I like Brutal Legend. Yeah, I don't necessarily, I'm not clamoring for a sequel, but I like Brutal Legend. Yeah. Clamoring. I like that. Good choice of words. Um, thanks for being here, Rich. Speaking of clamoring, I know you've been clamoring for Shay Layton because he wasn't here last week. Uh, the professor is joining us once again. How are you doing, Shay? I'm great, my dudes. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I guess my voice decided to give out right when it was my time. But no, I'm doing great. Uh, last week was a good week to take off. It was my stu- a lot of my students last week for uh, their clubs. So I actually got to w- go watch basketball and Japanese archery and soccer. And um, what else? I... I got to watch a bunch of different clubs uh, do their final quote-unquote games because of the coronavirus situation. They don't actually get to play their like tournaments. So they they did like a quote-unquote game against themselves. So it'd be like the third-year students versus the second-year students. And that was their final game. Like a and, scrimmage? Yeah, pretty much. But that cool. that's what counted as their final game. And it was really... It was a lot of fun. It was great to be there. Um, I saw some former students that graduated uh, four months ago and a year and four months ago. So it was really good to see them and talk to them, catch up with them. And um, yeah, it was it was a great, great day. After that, I went to hang out with a friend and his wife. Um, and then, yeah, it was just it was an all around great day. But I'm glad and- to be back here. And on that note, the NBA is back, my friend. In the middle of the That's pandemic, right. we got That's the NBA. What a That's smart move. <laughs> well, I wasn't against it. Or sorry, I was very against it at first. But now, like, seeing how much precautions are taken and stuff, I'm willing to bet that's probably one of the safest places in the U.S. right now, actually. Uh-huh. so That's a pretty low bar. Yeah, it's an extremely well, yeah. Hey, low you know bar. What? But yes, gonna, it's absolutely. I want to tell you this. It's actually probably safer than it is in Japan right now weirdly enough and japan has been pretty decent about uh their pandemic stuff but yeah no i'm absolutely excited i've been eating it up yesterday i woke up and watched an nba game i was watching another one while i was making breakfast and getting ready for the day totally hyped on it um that's how you know, that's how hardcore shay is he watches he he this is why this is why i love delving into our personalities um, because he doesn't really like we used to joke about how like I would get so excited for E3 and he's like, I could care less. But he will watch preseason scrimmages basically <laughs> for the NBA. That's how hardcore he is yeah. with his NBA fandom. So, you well, know, I got to respect the enthusiasm. Part, part of that, too, is like because I love playing basketball. Like yesterday, I went and played basketball for three hours um, here. And I probably shouldn't have done that, to be honest with you, because of the cro- coronavirus stuff. But I. Oh, you I, uh, out. <laughs> Josh, I, I don't need your face. I already know. I like. I was there, and I was. I was there, and the whole time I was like, I probably shouldn't be here doing this right now. To be honest with you, I felt very bad about it, but 
Um, I I hadn't played basketball in a, many many months. That doesn't justify it, but that was my reasoning at the time, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, when I watch basketball, like I try and translate that to whenever I play basketball. So naturally, I'm trying to do 360 windmill dunks. Mm-hmm. It's a hell Look, of a Shay, game of horse. I'm not. That's I'm right. not judging you, Shay. I know you're making good decisions. You know, you deserve a game of basketball every now and then. Leave the yeah. man alone. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I. If, <laughs> if, you know, what, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for being here, Shay, and uh, of course, uh, Joshua Fowler is here, also streamed with Rich, the one and only Jimmy Rustler from Michigan. Uh, Josh, I actually agree, was agreeing with you on the stream. You you had something you said about um, a couple things you said. Uh, the first, one thing I thought was interesting is you were talking about how the visually they've gone full circle with Halo because <laughs> the gun now looks exactly like the gun, the gun looked in the original Halo. Yeah, it's just yeah, all like smoothed out. They've, they've smoothed everything back down to the original four polygons. It's just yeah. uh, that's really what we. <laughs> I'm like, it's weird. I think Josh and I both kind of have the same visceral reaction to it, where so many people are like, "I dislike this intensely," and I'm like, "I'm cool with it." <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, disliked what the visuals the visual, or just the that? visual? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, mm. I, I like when I was watching because I tuned in for like maybe five minutes of the stream, um, because I was up way later than I should have been, but I was watching Rich and Josh stream it, and I was like, these visuals look exactly like the smoothness of it looked exactly like halo one. Oh, they're, they're clearly like, trying to evoke that. Like, well, like your brain remembers they, halo. One. I mean, yes. they've, yes. they've said it this point, like but it looks it's very much soft like reboot. The, the remaster of it. Very much. Yes. They've they, uh, like, I mean, that's the whole thing. I think they're trying to like evoke that original feeling of combat evolved. Like they've said at this point, you know, this is a soft reboot. And I think now they've even come out and said, this is, like there won't be a Halo Seven. Like this is a platform now. Yeah, yeah. So that basically, they're trying to curve what, yeah. into the nostalgia. Is what? Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. Mm. And that is actually what the infinite uh, means. The first two, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was me fun breaking that down. But yeah, that is <laughs> so many interesting thoughts on that man. Instagram was. Uh, really lit up yesterday we were talking about Halo Infinite but also Josh uh, I think we both agree that that Everwilds or that Everwild demo from Rare oh my god that game looked yeah beautiful holy just shit just gorgeous Rare has been just knocking it out of the park with uh, their visu- visuals lately because they're very stylized but just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous yeah. um, and every like, time you go to boot up CFDs you're like how they do this how did the water look so goddamn watery what's yeah the, what's the, yeah like it's I a would, self-shaded game really and then some, somehow they put a real <laughs> ocean in the game and it's yeah it's, it's bizarre but um and it looks like they i really just want to play that up yeah. in this one because it's it's like even more stylized and just gorgeous just was the prettiest thing to look at for the entire show yeah. by a by a mile agreed Stop sent a shock of pleasure from my dingle and tingle all the way up my spine to my back of my skull, my eyeballs. So what scientists refer to as a full body mm-hmm. orgasm. But yeah, that no, looks that ever where the pee is stored. <laughs> that that's the yeah. pee is stored. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you get it. 
<laughs> uh, anyway, I am, uh, of course, General Mountain Time uh, Morgan here in Montana. And, yeah, we can get right into the Xbox showcase because that's what people want to hear about. And this is going to be a packed show for people, Ghost of Tsushima and the Xbox showcase. So I'm I'm excited. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that was... I know Rich and Josh, you were streaming it first, so we kind of kicked off your impressions there. And Shay, you were able to check out some of it, like you said. Shay, did you end up going back and and checking out again later on the videos and the footage, or or no? The footage of the Xbox showcase. Yeah, I did it literally while you're doing your introduction. So oh, yes, well. crammed a whole hour in ten minutes. Oh, just the Halo thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, 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 no. I watch. I watch the Halo thing. Partially with Josh and Rich. Um, I watched some of the other stuff, um, like some of the trailers and stuff, okay, while you were okay. doing your intro and right beforehand, like right before we were about to start. So, Gotcha, yeah. cool. Yeah, I think the thing that, uh, that struck me that I was surprised about, and I think people are misinterpreting this, um, even though like we had a, a, a great post on the Ad Trump Instagram page, uh, yesterday because I tried to get my thoughts out immediately when those things happened. And I also did post the full uh, Halo um, bit of our Twitch stream of with Josh and Rich on there as well if you want a slightly more positive uh, view uh, of of the <laughs> of the situation. Um, but I think for me, I'm not condemning – I don't – I'm not condemning Halo Infinite. Like no one's played the game. We have no idea what the game is like. I was mostly frustrated with well, this is what they had decided to show me after – waiting for so long, I was just expecting something to make me feel a lot more wow and a lot more wonder, you know, after even watching that, that old Halo 2 trailer, I was remembering how ambitious and, and interesting and exciting that was. Here's what's interesting about your take on that. Almost all of the cool shit in that Halo 2 trailer is not in Halo 2. Um, well, that's, that's a deeper conversation, but a lot of it is, I mean, that demo is different. That demo is constructed like, for Some of the E3. stuff you pointed out specifically, like the brute dropping on, like nothing like that happens in Halo 2. Well, but you, there's some, there's some really dynamic stuff you hijack. bullshit. You hijack ghosts. Well, that's, that's a whole different conversation about, you know, if they're going to hype us up on stuff that's not going to be in the game, which I. I don't know. Cause a lot of agree. that did like, it, there's stuff about when you go back and watch that Halo 2 trailer. Cause I did rewatch it. Cause you posted it. Like, you can tell how early of a build you're looking at there. Mm -hmm. Where the stuff we saw in that Infinite one, like, maybe the graphics are going to be polished up a little more. But it all, like, the parts that were gameplay, like, clearly looked like gameplay. Like, and it was cool to see, like, that grappling hook and stuff in action. Like, yeah. The, uh, The only thing that worried me, and they probably did it just so it wouldn't give anyone whiplash, but seeing how slowly the camera turned at all points during that trailer made me worry that they were doing it so it would run at a smooth frame rate. Like, it, it probably was just so no one gets whiplash, but, like, yeah, the entire time, like, it barely looked like gameplay because it was just, like, just, like I the think that was the smoothest, the... slowest camera movements at all points in time during this thing. I do think that was the whole idea of, like, you're saying, like, curating the combat to kind of, like, give you a good look at, like, some action yeah. without giving you whiplash. Yeah, yeah. but, like, yeah. Th- as a side effect of that, like, le- less so to do with the trying to do it so it doesn't tank the frame rate, possibly, but it made the gameplay feel a little slow because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was just that it it just it felt sluggish, what they were showing. 
just a little sluggish, and I'm sure it was just to make sure that it looked pretty while they were doing it, but yeah, also it, I would consider that worries me a little bit. Compared to a lot of modern shooters, Halo does have a little bit more of a lumbering, sluggish feel. Yes. So I'm wondering yeah. if they they have managed to circumnavigate that. Because another thing you brought attention to, Josh, when we were watching that trailer, which is important to note about with this being a, you know, open world Halo and everything, like, one thing that was used to point out as concerning you and concerned me as well, but they showed off really quickly, is, like, Chief was still, like, dropping enemies and just picking up guns on the fly, which mm-hmm. is not something I wanted to lose from Halo. Like, I didn't want it to go the Destiny route and, like, you know, you're picking, like, maybe yeah, there will be loadouts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe there will be yeah. loadouts for things like shield drops and stuff like that. But I still just want to be picking up my guns and going. Well, that the fuck that was at the it. whole point. Halo was balanced mm-hmm. around that idea, so it'd be it would be weird if they yeah if they got rid well, of. Well, I, I guess I'm like a little bit confused about hearing your guys' opinions of that because you guys are saying it looks a little bit sluggish and it's always play, played as that. But if you're picking up weapons, that's heightening that speed and getting rid of that sluggishness. So it seems like those two ideas are kind of in competition joined, with yeah. each other there well not but, joined in competition with each other i mean if you guys are saying that you're picking up weapons all the time is that what you're saying no, or am i the combat itself yeah. was just it looked slow because I, again i think they were trying to make everything as smooth as possible um, so you're not saying you're not saying combat itself you're saying visually i guess it looked well, like the camera was panning really slowly like okay. super slowly like maybe yeah. that's like due, movement due to the, as put, hmm. yeah, yeah like that might be just due it. to the sensitivity yeah. Of well, no, I think it was that. because they wanted it to look pretty. So, like, yeah. Yeah. and to what to Shay's point though, like, I actually don't mind the the slow. I actually like this the the strategy, especially on when you play it on legendary of like hunkering down and being like, okay, I got four bullets in this gun. I know if I run over there behind that barrier, there's a sniper rifle I can use for that guy. Like, mm-hmm. it, if you've ever played those games on legendary, it's it's really strategic and fun. So, I'd I'd agree um, with you on that point. If it wasn't being turned into an open world game. Doing that on an open world game seems like you're just going to be sinking countless, countless, countless hours into being hunkered down on a legendary mode. While you're trying to get from point A to point B. Yes. Well, I wonder how that's going to work. Yeah, yeah, at about the 80th bandit camp, TM. um, Yeah, how would that work? Yeah, yeah, it might might be a bit much. Well, if I want to put my best guess about how the open world would be fleshed out, because... I don't know if I don't fucking remember how Halo 5 ended. So I know the opening for this is, you know, like the UNSC lost um, and Chief was out floating around or whatever. And now you have this one soldier with you who's piloting this Pelican. So my best guess is it's going to be like larger hub areas and a different point. Like the Pelican will kind of be your base of operations that you're you're venturing out from. That's my best guess. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. The one thing I will say, though, that uh, and I I do agree with your larger point there, Rich, that there's an interesting story. If you actually look into like all the stuff that was cut for that Halo 2 thing that was created so catered so much for E3 um, that there was stuff that was not in the final game. That was a kind Um, of an issue with E3 in general back in the day, especially so so much of it back in 2003 was just. Had nothing selling, to do with the, the actual game. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bunch of but, pre-rendered but the broad, reels. So, but like the broad stroke, like you could you could still hijack vehicles. You were do mm-hmm. wielding. There was the new there. There's that city of New Mombasa they showed in the demo that actually is one of the cooler levels in Halo Two. I think it's like the second, or third level in Halo Two. Um, so it's like, where ODST but, takes place. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there was game. there was. 
um, it was so yeah. I I don't know. I guess for me the tough thing was when I came away from this was just I was trying to find. I've never been as much, I know a lot of people like the whole idea of like hey if a franchise is sort of losing his luster go back to sort of like the the basics go back to the beginning. I get that. I mean for me it's like I can go play Halo One again if that's or on the Master Chief and I will you know. Um, I probably will too, maybe depending on how this goes. And I will also say this, it was more of a combination of what they showed. Like the game could be amazing. We have no idea. Like they showed five minutes of the game. The only thing they really showed about the structure was that the map, uh, there appears to be a map you can pull up with points that give it sort of an open world kind of. Also, um, I don't, this, I don't, I know some people were talking about this. I don't know if any of you guys ever played Halo Wars. The new villain is the villain from Halo Wars. Oh, the angry monkey guy. Yeah, the well, he was a brute, uh, and he's he's basically like the the go through <laughs> was um he is the leader of, and I don't know how they're gonna work this into the larger news story. Is he was a leader of the faction a faction of the Covenant that even the Covenant were like, whoa, maybe you're going a little far. <laughs> oh, yes, he's a little extremist. They were yeah. like, whoa, just take it easy, man. Oh, that's great. So maybe if I so do, I need to play Halo Wars to have. No, no I, I don't think so at all. It just it's interesting that like they seem to be using that as a route um, to, I, I guess, bring the Covenant back into the fold, because despite what you seem to think about it, Morgan, the enemies introduced in Halo 4 suck ass. <laughs> I I enjoyed them at the time. I mean, I really did. I but I also love the look of like Tron and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I, like, oh, I like the look of Tron too, but I don't need Chief to fight Tron. I well, but we got to look at it this way. At that point, I had killed eight billion Covenant for so and so many games. I'm ready for something. I, I just new. like. Mm. I mean, we we could break that down in different ways as much as we want. I just I didn't like what the story was doing at all in Halo Four or Five, and so much of it was centered around what those enemies were and what they like. I thought it all was really fucking stupid well five i once they were s- s- snowboarding down the mountain at the beginning i was like i'm done with halo forever this is See, garbage. snowboarding down the mountain was the coolest part of that game it well, was all, and ironically enough it was all downhill <laughs> from there i did uh-huh. think it was interesting there was another like master chief s character lock i was like what is this guy about well, but did never... you did you uh oh, ever play those master chief collection versions i, I sampled because them a little bit they retconned lock into halo 2 that's fascinating to me. Wow. He is, it, there's literally so like... The George Lucas thing there, is. There's, <laughs> there's new cutscenes in that version of Halo 2 where uh, Locke is like debriefing the Arbiter on everything that happened. Whoa, that's fascinating. Huh. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to go back and play Is Locke that a good character though? Did you enjoy Locke? They, there's definitely potential to do cool stuff with him because it's not like he's inherently a villain. It's just, you know, Chief has made his choices by that point in the franchise, and so there is another squad of Spartans led by Spartan Locke who are supposed to be hunting him down. <sighs> I wonder if they're going to stick to that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's the weird thing about Halo, right? Like, it used to be the thing that people would line up by the hundreds and thousands of, to get... Look, I'm going to give the, a slight potential and, spoiler alert here. According to a Mega Block set, um, <laughs> Spartan Locke might be dead in Halo Infinite. Mm, uh, because short. they showed our, our new villain, the Brute, um, and he had a shoulder pauldron that was Locke's helmet. Huh. Well, that sounds cool. As far as shoulder pauldrons go, if you can make one look like that, that's a that's a good design choice. Like, um, yeah, I guess, I guess you know it's fancy, but like, 
wouldn't it be like he's like he comes back and they're like Locke, we thought you were dead and they're like why because he has my helmet like i can well, breathe like oxygen that's like um yeah. in the in uh game of thrones everyone thought the hound was dead because uh that guy was running around with his mask his like dog mask um so maybe it's just a, a, or, a ploy to throw us off in the opposite of it my favorite thing was when um everyone was mad at at the end of uh halo reach when noble six was dead and I always thought uh, Yahtzee had the best take on that, which was simply like, at the beginning of the game, they show his, his broken helmet lying in the sand. Did you think he was sitting next to it, sipping a margarita? Like, mm. what did Sounds you think nice. was going on there? Yeah, I feel like I'm so far out of the Halo timeline story loop. Like, when I was a kid, man, I was so into Halo that I read the fucking books. That's how nerdy I was. I read mm. the fucking I read. Books. I read Fall of Reach. Yeah, I read that was the that was one of the ones I read, and I read that right before I played the first Halo games, so I could feel like I was playing the pre. So you know what happens f- in Halo Reach anyway. It's just an adaptation of Fall of Reach. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was interesting to like kind of hear at the time like what the idea of like what John's how he became like a super soldier and all that shit, you know, through training and all that kind of stuff, which they don't really go into in the games. Well, yeah, you so. learn a little bit more about the Spartans in Reach, and uh, like that was always interesting. Yeah, I, I was just surprised that after so much speculation, uh, like I watched that that eight minute trailer today, and it was just like Master Chief. He kills a couple. He kills some Covenant. He opens a map. He uses a grappling hook, and he rides an elevator. And that's that's just about what the thing all our favorite what, heroes do. Yeah. I was just like, that's that's yeah, what I mean. You're like, the music over it, swells, but the important thing there was a grunt throwing, um, or a brute throwing a grunt at Master Chief. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's great huge. tactic. Yeah, game changer right there. Absolutely, I game felt, changer. I always felt the grunts were too quick to the suicide option. They were too, and also they use two grenades, which seems wasteful. Yeah, I, and I wish they would throw the first. <laughs> you get or you give the first to a buddy. Be like, hey, I'm gonna go kill the master chief. You hang mm-hmm. on to this. Yep. I, I wish they would they didn't really lean into what they were teasing with with Halo 2 when you play as the Arbiter, which is like humanizing the Covenant. They never really leaned into that. It's not like the last <laughs> they, they started by thing. humanizing them by having you strip down naked in front of them while they all chant heretic. I felt like, <laughs> yeah. I felt like they were so human in that moment. <laughs> They're uh, just well, you know like I mean? us. They tried to give them the art. You, if you cared for the Arbiter at all, then you were caring for what was and well, he he wasn't the enemy because there's at one point he's back to back fighting with Master Chief in Halo Three, and, which is pretty cool. In one of those uh, uh, Halo Two new cutscenes, uh, where uh, Locke is debriefing the Arbiter and he asks him uh, what he thinks of Chief, I believe Arbiter says something along the lines of, uh, "You know, he fought in combat with a lot of people, but uh, he he thinks he actually thinks the Master Chief is the only person he could truly consider a friend." The Arbiter. The, I really like the Arbiter. The Arbiter's the Arbiter like, like the yeah. he's the one who's a character of the playable characters in Halo. Yes. Like he's interesting yeah. and he has an arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also there was some weird stuff in Halo 2 that I loved that I'm not defending because it's been a long time as far as like how logical it was, but I remember there was a plant that talked. There was a giant evil plant that talked to I am you. the mo- I am a monument to all your sins. Yeah. <laughs> the best he said Halo bunch of cryptic shit. Hey, that sounds that's cool. That's why when when you asked about what the best Halo is, that's why for me it can never be Halo Two because the ending of Halo Two sucks. It's a terrible well, well, cliffhanger. What's so? I think cliffhangers can be fun though. Um, this one wasn't. It was. It's, I think it's so abrupt. It comes to a screeching halt. 
The only reason I disagree is because there is a last boss when you fight that brute chieftain in that in that big um, that one temple place or what have you. And I remember that. You know what I love? A bullet spongy boss in an FPS. Oh, look, it was early. It was the <laughs> they were trying some stuff, man. They were trying some stuff. Um, I do agree. Yeah, I'm not saying it was the best boss in the world, but it was cool. Like, no, my, my main concern is not that like okay cliffhanger whatever. I feel like that game like comes to a screeching halt all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden, the brutes are betraying the covenant, and the game is just over. What well, what I'm saying is, think back to those things. Like, what did you see in the Halo Infinite trailer? As we kind of get to the end of it, that's like, wow, that is like exciting. Oh no, that... I didn't see anything for the narrative. Like, I what's interesting about the narrative at this point is that they could probably go pretty much anywhere with it. That's what's interesting about it. Josh, were you yeah. were you bummed that they doubled down on that character you hated from the first trailer of the game? That we that weird guy well, that finds no, Master Chief. Not, not so. I thought it was weird because in the first trailer they expected us to care about him, and no one did. And in this one, they finally gave us the context that would have possibly made us care about him. Um, and then Chief was like, "You stood up to me. Nobody's ever stood up to me." Yeah, and it's it's not like quite as it's weird because like I feel like had I gotten both of those closer together. Where's Cortana? It, w- it would have worked better. Like it, like is Cortana it, yeah. seems interesting. Did we solve it seems that? Seems interesting, but I unfortunately he'd kind of already been. I feel like I I wrote him off after the first one because they they did that. You know, try to make you care about someone and then give you literally no reason to thing. No, I I agree with you so much. So when I yeah, wouldn't it have been way cooler if he was the arbiter? <laughs> Or, yeah, it's weird seeing that, like, is this my companion now? I want Cort- Cortana's evil. Is that what happened? I forgot. As, it- like, she was, the, the whole rampant thing, like, her AI was going rampant, but, like, I don't know if they're just going to fucking straight up. People literally hated that. Did they really? Oh. Because yeah, it was stupid. And I, I think I've talked about this before, like, the worst but parts why about- why was it stupid? It just, oh, it was so ridiculous and ham-fisted. And also, some of the worst <sighs> writing for me in Halo 4 and 5 were, like, this weird like sexual chemistry they were trying to build between Chief and Cortana, and I've always, I like that. I've always we're, explained we're gonna to ret- people we're going to retcon all the fanfic right the hell that, into this game that it was like watching your parents flirt. Oh, <laughs> I I get what you, I get what you're saying. Uh, I I get what you're saying, Rich, but I kind of always like that sexual tension there between you know, uh you know robot and, cyborg android man and his well, AI companion. What, what I never played five, but what I got from four, you know, C- Cortana was like. She was there in many ways. It's like the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. You know, she was like an AI. Well, in she's his head. just they... like an AI imprint of Doctor Halsey. Well, what I'm saying is that like they did so much together that was like the person he was hanging out with the most, talking to the most, and she had a physical representation that was very sexual, um, in nature as far as you know, voluptuous body and what have you. I mean, he's a human being. He's... Yeah, is he? He's yeah, no, he chose he chose that. Veronica <laughs> when he was picking which voice the computer got. As we know, because uh, we can pull back the camera now, we, since we can pull back the camera now, we know at the end of Halo, when Chief takes off his helmet, there's just another helmet under there. So is he a man? <laughs> I did hear somebody joke that like, they would have been great if he pulls off his helmet. No, and he's if you pull back the camera, that's like what's actually this. there in the programming. Like, you know, really? that scene at the end of Halo 3 where they don't show you like yeah. his head. Like, if you pull it back, there had to be like an art deco there. So if you pull the camera back on that shot... There's just another helmet underneath it. Do you think people, because you know how we were talking about this um, with the big twist in The Last of Us that we won't get into that upset people and me and Rich. That Master we Chief talk- was there? We were, we were talking about how uh, back in the day, 
Metal Gear Solid 2 probably would have been under fire if we had social media like we do now. Do you think Halo 2 is the same way people were pissed off about playing the Arbiter at the time? Because I don't. it's hard to really remember. I don't know if they were pissed because so. it's, it's, it's not really the same thing. It's not like you play yeah. the first level as Chief and then you're the Arbiter for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's back and forth. Well, and that, plus, you're still in first person. empathize with a completely inhuman race of alien invaders. But they're not—they're not, they're not also, doing anything crazy, like asking you to empathize with, you know, a minority, a, a woman. Yeah, or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Uh, yeah, no, nothing insane like that. Yeah. Um. Also, just so you don't have to feel so bad, um, when you first start off playing as the alien, instead of having to kill humans, you just have to kill slightly angrier aliens. Mm-hmm. You have to kill aliens that the aliens are like, whoa, calm down, aliens. Yeah. I do kind of want to go back and play the Master Chief Collection now, though. Just to, <laughs> That would be fun for spoiler episodes, too, down the road, because um, to catch up on that that lore before, the, whatever Infinite ends up being, I guess I'm still going to buy it. I'm still excited for it. I just was kind of shocked that that was did you, what we've um, been waiting years to see. Was that what they showed us? Did you ever? I always like the the thing about Halo's universe where I'm like, they, they talk about how like, you know, Earth must be so crazy when you think about it. Because in Halo, you jump in a warthog and there's like two, there's a guy in the side seat and a guy in the, in the gunner's position, like speaking Spanish to each other. But the Covenant and Elites can speak perfect English. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, it seems weird that they don't have their own language. <laughs> That's more of a uh, social economic commentary on how the rich get richer rich. Expand on that. Uh, basically, because they're the elites, they have access to better education. So as they are raised, but the, the grunts can also speak. English. Well, that's because, yeah, my <laughs> it was a joke and I couldn't go. He tried. He tried. I he tried. Damn Damn it. Get points for trying, Shay. I'll give you that. Also, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, there you, is. You a, also get points for getting them in the right order. There, Great job. There was a there was several from because Halo Two came out in a very beautiful time. There's a bunch of alternative bands I loved as a kid, like uh, Incubus and Breaking Benjamin, that have music in the game with no lyrics, but you can like hear the music during uh, certain combat encounters. Yeah, Chief Fashion. jumps off a pelican, and there's just like an intense guitar riff. It's it's so weird. Like there's yeah, it's very strange, but but cool. That was um, the time of maximum manliness. Bro, you <laughs> That's more drums, no, there was, but there was I mean, no Dr. Pepper 10 at the time. And then they'd be like, Chief, Chief Max. If you blow up the Pelican, we won't be able to get back. And he goes, We're not coming back, Doctor. Oh, better make sure I bring my dude wipes. Dude wipes. <laughs> for when you're about to meet that special lady. Everybody knows. Shay, you'd appreciate this. There was a Hoobastang song on that. There uh, was. Two soundtrack. There was. There. Everybody <laughs> knows that canonically the suit jacks Chief off. <laughs> Hey Rich, how many more episodes can you mention that in? As many as possible. (laughs) I love every time he mentions it. I get a little bit excited. I'm just imagining like what sort of like it's like built-in tanga egg with like mechanical springs. I just like to say like the like that to me like it's like everybody everybody knows that. Uh, Rich, you were talking about before the show how there's a guy at E3 who parades a sign around that says "Bring back Crystal Pepsi." I feel like if E3 comes back, sorry, Pax. But um, if you go to PAX next year and if it's on, you're going to be bringing a sign that says the suit jerks off Master Chief. And that's going to be you every <laughs> yeah, year. And they'll be like, yeah, you know it. You know it, guys. Uh, you yeah, know, guys, I, we could actually this is I should totally say this on air and not aside. Um, we could actually uh, do some PAX coverage this year because all the panels and everything are just going to be streamed for free. Oh, dope. Hmm. Dopest. Anyways, 
It's 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 interesting. Um, a lot of chatter on the Swordshop Instagram page about this. That's what they showed. That's what we got. But Infinite refers to the platform, ironically being almost Destiny-esque because there's like a base game and they're just going to build upon that for years and years and years, it sounds like, instead of going to numbered sequels. It makes um, sense, especially with Game with game Pass in existence. Like, if they can, you know, slap this on it and then, you know, maybe sell you some extra content or go, this content's going to come to Game Pass eventually. Or you can pay for it now. Like, I think that's the model that makes sense. But we all thought this was going to be an open world game at the bare minimum, right? We, we all thought that's, Halo Infinite. I think they were pretty, like, there were, there were some pretty strong rumors to suggest that, and it just okay. kind of made sense. Yeah. Well, Josh and I were both saying um, that it, it's probably going to be that open world thing, and then there might be something that's, like, kind of, like, strike-ish, like a strike from Destiny. Like you might have those yeah, sort of dungeony, yeah. like du- literal dungeons to run. I'd I'd have to assume they'd do that to at least for like the story stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we already talked about Everwild, but um, that game's pretty. Uh, but yeah, so Everwild looks great, but we don't know a lot about the game yet. It just looks gorgeous. Um, let's see. So some of the other big highlights I saw watching the stream, I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, so. One of the big ones that we, we joked about it earlier, but of course, Psychonauts 2, they started off with Jack Black. He's he's writing music for the game. What as well a great as, fucking trailer to show. Like, yeah. oh, that level looks awesome. The music is fantastic. Jack Black is a national fucking treasure. <laughs> oh, I yeah. wonder what the, 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 you always hear about Psychonauts, but I always got the feeling that it was still very much like a cult thing because. It was, it was, but it, it has that popularity now. Like people are clamoring for it. And that first one is easy to get a hold of now. I thought they've been making this game forever. I'm just wondering what's why it's taking quite so long. Well, it was crowdfunded for starters. Two years, about a year and a half, two years, years since yeah, yeah, since the Kickstarter for it. It's not been that long. Fig, it was on Fig. Okay, yeah, and they and they had to have a Kickstarter. Yeah, see, that's weird. You would have thought that it was. Yeah, I guess that's that's cool though. You know, you find a way to get it done. However, you got to do it. Uh, and I'll definitely play the first one before the second one comes out. It's so. on PS4 now, so it's it's easy to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds. It looks. It's Josh, I wish Speaking I would have known. PS4, they also made a uh, immediately after the first game, VR. Oh, game. Rhombus of Ruin. Yeah, yes, Rhombus I played Ruin. that. I was yeah. just about to say that, Josh. I wish I had known when you were in town. I would have been like, Josh, you should try this out because I don't know anything about. Is it uh, any good, Rich? I really liked it. Uh, it's one of those early VR games where they were trying to um, figure out how you're going to have movement. So I think they they got really smart with it where the idea was basically the bus from camp is like stranded in this one location and playing as Raz in order to move uh, around the environments, you jump, you use your powers to jump between other people's consciousness. Yeah, that's that's it looks like a perfect idea for VR, if nothing else. So it was a cool little short. I I think it it, I beat it maybe like four hours. Yeah, it's not a not a long game. Is it? Again, like you said, because there's in-game justification for why you're jumping around and stuff, it felt really natural to yeah. just all of a sudden be in a different spot because it's something we'd already kind of experienced in-game to like something we'd sudden... establish as part of that universe. Yeah, yeah. So it, it worked pretty well. It was it was really really interesting way to do it, and it's got the same you know same amazing writing through the whole thing as well, which just makes it you know fun to be and... back in that world and. And again, great characters. music. Mm-hmm. I look. 
I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy. I have to push back on this a little bit, even though just because it's like, look, not really. There's nothing wrong with people getting happy. There's the beautiful thing about this life is that you and should why do you get want to shit on it. Why exactly? I don't want to sound like that, but it, there's just it's this happened with with the Skyrim thing where it was the words Sky or I'm sorry, it was the words what Elder Scrolls Six or whatever, and people were crying, and I'm just like, it's just words like the Fable. Fable sounds amazing, but it was literally just the words oh, Fable. It, it's cool that we now know that thing is happening. Um, I am in no way like over the moon about it yet because one, it's not like Lionhead's making it. And two, I haven't actually seen any of the game. Yeah. And like, here's the thing. As everyone knows here, I, I love the first fable. I shit on two and three. With I like impunity. two. I'll shit on three with you. No, two <laughs> fucking sucks. So does three. Both of them fucking suck. Three's better than two. I'll tell you. I that disagree right with that entirely. Hmm. That's, a that's take. fine. I, well, I, I, also, I also like being wrong. But um, <laughs> anyway, impersonation of Morgan. Damn, we don't need to deflect, Rich. When you're yeah, wrong, take your my feelings. Absolutely when you're wrong, not. take your lumps, just, Rich. Just pull, I wasn't even a part of that damn argument. Well, you're God a part of it now. Yeah. No, but like in all seriousness, um, like our Discord was talking about it. And to be honest with you, I have such a low expectation for Fable at this point. Like the, the final straw for me, and sorry to go off a little bit on a tangent, but when they released that Fable HD remaster for the uh, 360 PS3 era, I was so hyped for that because that original game, I probably p- played and beat that game at least four times. I absolutely love the original Fable, and I understand why people were so angry about it was because it didn't live up to the expectations that um, that Lionhead had originally set out to achieve. And I can understand that, but just that game... When it's released, it was still a monumental release at the time, not quite the level they wanted, but it was still monumental. And it was it was so cool, like how they didn't take themselves too seriously and just how whimsical and fun that world was. And two and three had that essence there, but they just didn't capitalize on what a true sequel should have been for either of those games. They didn't. Like, it's funny, like, the original Fable didn't live up to their vision of what they ideally wanted, but 2 and 3 didn't live up to it, the first one's vision Yeah, it was like they gave all. up on the vision and just made two more games. I mean, the, Lost that's Chapters kind of what is, is the perfect Fable. That's kind of what it felt like. So, the, the HD remaster, it was so buggy to the point that, like, I couldn't even beat the game. And then I had to wait months for patches. And then it still didn't fix the game. And then I remember Lionhead Studios was like, eh, we're not going to fix everything because we have other stuff we're working on right now. And I was like, so you guys released an incomplete game, or not an incomplete game, a game with game-breaking glitches, and you're not going to even bother to fix it. And now it. you won't support it, yeah. Right, and it um, was it was complete bullshit, and like yeah. it threw me off. So that actually when, gives me hope, though, that they're not making the Well, that's fable. exactly... That's, That's exactly point, what yeah. I was just going to say. Like, I, I couldn't have given a fuck less about that announcement. But when I saw that it was being produced by another studio, I'm a little bit like a sliver more hopeful and literally not literally figuratively a sliver more hopeful for it. But at the end that of the IP day, it has crazy still... potential. So it's cool that somebody's doing something with it. Right. It's still the same pedigree at the end of the day, though. And if it's a studio that has as much love 
as, for example, someone like me had for the first Fable and that world in general. And I know there are a lot of people out there who still have that love and adoration for that world. Yeah. If they're able to put that into this game, then that's exciting. And the thing was, even though it's just like a cinematic trailer, you can tell that they're still not trying to take themselves too seriously. In that one minute, they showed, okay, like we're not cha- we're not going to completely change the formula in terms of like the mood of the game, which is encouraging because that's part of why fable is so endearing and never takes itself too seriously but it it's still this like beautiful captivating uh universe so as far as trailers go it was a a good one like it had this fairy flying around and then that frog eats her and it was it was funny it was charming and it like if the world has that sort of sense of humor what that what you remember that world being exactly Exactly. Mm-hmm. I hope that translates yeah. into the gameplay because like Morgan is saying, and this is where I do agree with him, it's one, and we all know this, it's one thing to set up a cinematic trailer um, and then it's another thing to actually integrate that into gameplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny how many people are losing their shit over the words Fable. But I, I get it. Dude, the first Fable is such, the people that shat on that game just fucking annoy me because it's like, okay, the whole point is to shoot for something incredibly ambitious. If you don't get there... So what? At least you tried. At least you went for it. It doesn't mean the execution doesn't matter, but that game was actually a, a damn good action-adventure game. Well, And uh, at the time, it was gorgeous. And then I when remember... they released Lost Chapters, you know, it was really great of them to finally finish the game. Yeah. Lost <laughs> Chapters was amazing. And the thing, the thing is, Morgan, that we got to remember is all their advertisements, because this is back when, like, window advertisements were a big thing, when you'd walk into GameStop and you'd see the big poster. I like, remember they were advertising that literally every decision would affect your gameplay. And and every like, blade of it, grass you stepped on was going right, to be shaped. Right, there. so they, they, much like No Man's Sky, much like Mass Effect when they ended that trilogy, they made promises that they didn't uphold, and they swore they weren't going to, like, Mass Effect 3 is not quite the exact example there but like when you make promises that you can't uphold and you don't just come clean and be like look this was our original plan we're not going to be exactly able to do this like that's way better than just releasing something under the guise that like you're you're gonna commit to you committed to something that you didn't right like how much how much less disappointed would people have been if uh, what is it, Peter Molyneux? Is that the that was the Mo- head? Peter or Molyneux, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. If he came out and said, "Look, we had these amazing plans. Um, we couldn't quite uh capitalize on that at this time. Uh, we're going to, if this game is uh successful enough, we will try and expand upon that in future installments. That would have been amazing, and that would have been more like, okay, well, at least they're admitting their faults." But like at the same time, I'm not in marketing and sales, so I can say that now as a consumer, but maybe there's some implications if they would have done that. I don't know. But point yeah. being is simply like, yes, they had tried to achieve something. And I believe in a minor um in a minor way they did, but at the same time, they <clears throat> excuse me, they promised something that they didn't succeed in. And well, I think that was such that was the big issue for a lot of people, the first fable. But I'm with you in the sense of it's disappointing to just completely disregard the game because there is an amazing game there. It is still in probably my, probably my top 10 or 15 games of all time. Uh, and I still think it's an amazing game. But yeah, the, the, the lack of upholding their promises was particularly damning for well, that first game. 
that's the thing though. Gamers get really too hung up on that shit because game design isn't very difficult, and oftentimes things that you want to put in the game have to be cut. That's just the way it works. If for me, my mentality is, if you have to cut things that you want to put in the game, even if you announce they were going to be there, I don't give a shit. If the if the actual product is good, it's just like No Man's Sky. Like all those or games, maybe you just shouldn't promise cares? things before you know you can deliver them. Right, that's, that's fine, but like at the end of the day, it's like saying, "Oh, I I got a twelve inch cock, and then you whip it out, and it's only ten inches." Well, oh my god, well, you know that's know. so that's horrible. That's, I think you're just a liar. No, well, that's no, that's not quite the case. That'd be more. It'd be more Morgan. Like if you want to use a sexual analogy, it'd be like if um you, your wife was like, "Man, I'm gonna blow your mind tonight. I'm gonna do something sexually you've never even done before. You've never dreamed of." And then you guys have vanilla sex, and then she's like, "I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed." And you're like, "Wait a minute. We're, we're like, we were gonna do anal tonight. We're gonna do all this shit. I've never Always done leave them wanting more." Well, first of all, I don't think that an analogy holds water by your own logic because you said it was one of your top 10, 15 games of all time. So, and if sex they have, is one of my top 10, 15 things of all time. Where, where's the disconnect sex? there? Well, that's what I'm saying is like, but if, if they had come out beforehand and said, Shay, we're going to make you a game that's one of your top 15 games of all time, but holy shit, they delivered on that. That's, that's pretty amazing. I, th- that's no, why. no, because now you're making a correlation equals causality and you're also making it about a personal thing. This wasn't about a personal thing for me. It's about the implication of the studio, right? So the studio made a promise that they didn't uphold and then that has translated for their entire uh, duration of owning this franchise or this IP, right? Fable 2 was not a good game. It had moments, but it was not a good game. Fable 3 had its moments, but was not a good game. The HD remaster, they didn't even support it fully. So yeah. yes, that is a fair analysis because basically they have not, since their original game, completely lived up to what they said they were going to do. Well, and they've, they've showed that they are taking not full measures to live up to those expectations, and then they don't even support it. Well, you're applying your own opinion, though, to that, to be fair. The logic no, I'm not. I don't me. think that's well, an opinion. Hold, hold on. Hold, I, I, can I finish this sentence? You were using okay, your, I'm finished. You're only using your own example of like Fable 2 and 3 being uh, bad games as an example of that, but actually Fable 2 was incredibly well-received critically, uh, and Fable 3 was also received very well. Those were considered great games, and no, so you're applying not. your own opinion that they were bad games. Now, I will agree that they definitely um, they sort of built up this idea they were going to be able to do more with those games, but I don't like the term promise because a lot of times with these studios, it's just grand ambitions that they don't have time to do. But it's not, it's not a promise. It's just kind of like sales pitch, you know, um, we're going to have all these incredible things in our game, but it's like, yeah, that we know better. That's not how games work. Okay. You know, it's, but I don't think you need that, to chalk it up to we should assume better. they're lying. Like, that's I, not an, an that's, added... That's bullshit. Like, then what, yeah, I don't what, think that's they're lying. The, that yeah. puts the onus on the consumer to just be like, well, they're lying to us, so I better just accept it as is. That's bullshit. Right? They're not, um, but the intention is not to lie. It's that they have yes, these... Yes, it is. A lot of these Your ambitions for games... intentions don't matter. What you deliver matters. No, that's... No, that's shit. You just said that, like, they're doing sales pitch. A sales pitch is the intent to embellish and lie. You just contradicted yourself there. No, no. no. Why does yeah, a sales yeah, yeah. pitch have to be an intent to lie? You can have a a, a fairly honest no, sales it, pitch. No, it should Because you're point. talking they, about it in the context just of them saying they're going to do things that they didn't do. That is, a, but they, in effect, a lie. But, but they had the intentions of doing them. It just didn't Intentions work. don't matter. What they deliver on matters. 
Like I have... what they delivered on was one of his favorite games ever. That's what I'm saying. They still delivered an incredible game. Let's not get so caught you know up in the fact that the original dream was never completely reached. I'm not getting caught up on that. I'm saying that this is translated throughout their entire scope of having and owning that IP. I've already acknowledged that I love that game despite its flaws. I don't know why you're getting hung up on this because I'm acknowledging that. What I'm saying here is through their track record of owning this IP, they have not been successful with carrying this franchise properly. All all Shay's saying is what I'm saying is that you never reached that because no, no, no. What he's saying is they never reached that M through three games. They never reached the true ambition they had for the first game. Right. And that's not an opinion. That's just true. Right. Exactly. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I think that to Fable 2 and 3 were considered great games. And no, they were not. Oh, no. yes, they were. Sh- Dude, Fable 2 has a 90 Metacritic. It I was don't care about Fable excellent- 2. Fable 2 is, yes, that's my minority opinion. I accept that. But Fable 3 is not considered a good game. I have very, People didn't rarely, really like Fable 3, yeah. I don't know many people. And granted, again, this is my experience, but I don't know. solid 8 of 10 kind of a thing. You know, whatever. Um, Metacritic score doesn't mean shit. Yeah, that's not actually true. It's an aggregate. Uh, yeah, it kind of is true. I'm just saying, I understand where you're coming from, though, as far as like we wanted those amazing things, but I still think Halo is amazing. And people, that's the. Halo. That's, How did we get to Halo? Um, I'm sorry, Fable. Uh, although, you know, that nice little uh, word symmetry there, but. um. I, th- I think what frustrates me is when you still make something great, but people just want to focus on these other things. It's like, well, can we also, you can acknowledge the thing in front of you is great and also acknowledge. I think he that was doing disappointed. that. Though. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confused um, how nobody was doing that. Shay, when he was speaking for the, the grander audience of people and how they didn't do that, but he was saying that he did do that. Um, and that's what I think is frustrating. The reception for Fable was very much like people just wanted to burn to the ground because they didn't. Right. Right. And that's what I was speaking. That first one is amazing. Like anyone who shits on that game can suck a dick because I love that first game a lot. All I was saying is to play as devil's advocate, which is why I don't understand how we got on this conversation. I can understand why some people didn't like it because of the promises, but, um, it's unfortunate because I still think there's an amazing and beautiful game there. There's great the fun first to be favorite. had. Yeah, I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate, devil's advocate. Devil's the avocado here, Larry. <laughs> the reverse devil's advocate. It's an avocado. Uh, Thanks. There was a, was there, so what was that game you're looking at right for the show, Shay Cross? What was that about? Crossfire? Remedies game. Yeah, yeah so this is Remedies' new game, and apparently they've come out and um, game? said that they're going to be working on multiple IPs now. And I don't know much about it, to be honest with you. It looks like a very um, by-the-book military shooter. Mm. The thing is, I love... Re- I Remedy has my attention after Control. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so I, like, I'm finding myself being excited about a military shooter, which I haven't felt like that since Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So, But can you yeah. protect me from fate? Yeah. <laughs> And if, and if all the dialogue is as amazingly bad as that, it sounds like we've got something special on our hands. That's true. I think, it de- yeah, it depends on who's involved in actually making it from those teams. It says publish, okay, yeah, developer remedy. That's weird. That's very strange that they just snuck that in there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm 
interested because they've been, they've, it seems like the last three games they've done, which have been Alan Wake, Quantum Break. Hey, those rhyme. I never realized Alan that. Wake, Quantum Break, I Would Like and, Potatoes Baked. And, uh, Control. I don't know what's happened there. <laughs> and Control, that, like, they've, they've seemed like they've really tried to go against the grain in terms of, like, telling a very typical story. Like, they've tried to tell these kind of, um, supernatural stories so i i fail to see how this is like their next ip but maybe there are some people in that studio who want to make a more traditional game how much more about it's in the same universe like all the rest of their games they seem to love doing that so it's it's a military shooter but it turns out that it's the same world as as the rest of these games it's another it's another book by alan wake like how max Payne fits into it instead of fighting the Middle East, they're going to fight the alternate universe mm-hmm. Middle South wouldn't, or something. Wouldn't weird. you? Yeah. No, like you're going to, yeah, you're going to get there and it's going to turn out it was all Slenderman or something. Yeah. <gasps> you turn yeah, it around he, in space and they're like, they're all Slenderman. And then he was like, <laughs> always have been. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I was reading, um, right when she was mentioning that there was a couple articles to read about people that were, uh, checked out the gameplay for Crossfire X and, the general impression I got was like this doesn't feel like a remedy game, which is weird. Such a bad title. Crossfire. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an anime or something. Um, no, it sounds yeah. bad. Weird. Isn't it? Aren't it they sounds taking like an this, abandoned this technology? IP, aren't they it taking this like a, IP oh, sorry, from another ahead. studio? I thought this Crossfire was or originally a different game by a different studio. That's I, entirely possible. It yeah, sounds no, like a it's, fucking it's 90s It's the one where you game. shoot ball bearings at each other. That's what I was thinking of. Jesus. Well, it says it's being developed by Remini Entertainment and Smilegate. Maybe Smilegate was the original. That's weird. Who knows? Um, there's one I doubt you wrote down, Morgan, that I'm I'm weirdly excited for, Let's and that's it. the goddamn Warhammer game. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. And let me explain this because Warhammer games are so fucking hit or miss. Uh huh. Um, the Warhammer games I really like are the two Vermintide games. Uh, because they're basically uh, left for dead in the Warhammer universe. Yeah. Dark Tide is by the same studio, and it appears to be the same type of game, but set in the Warhammer 40k universe. Hmm, okay. Um, what's a Warhammer? Or is this some sort of game, board game or something? Do you not really not know what Warhammer is? I'm just trying to pretend like I'm someone who doesn't know what Warhammer is. It's some it's sort a, of like... It's like a... It's a, it's a board game where you paint your own little guys well right? that's like how warhammer started but that universe is so much bigger than that at this point it was an mmo there's a ton of video games it's um, like a magic the gathering kind of yeah thing. yeah but warhammer 40k specifically is like the far-flung future of the warhammer universe so it's still magic and ogres and knights but now they have space travel oh of course. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds insane I, I have the answers to the crossfire stuff so i okay. i knew i recognized the name but i couldn't remember so Crossfire was a game that um, was a tactical first-person shooter, and it was developed for Microsoft Windows by Smilegate. And this was um, more kind of in the Asian country area, and it's actually one of the highest-grossing video games of all time, which, I, I again, I don't know much about it. Um, I remember reading about this some months ago. But anyways, so what Remedy is doing is, because this was, from my understanding, a primarily 
online game that they that remedy is actually creating a campaign for crossfire and that's why it's called crossfire x and it is being released oh. for free on xbox weird and you know what also okay cool well that's a we're jumping all over the place okay so crossfire i thought it was x- that arcade game where you play as aerosmith <laughs> crossfire what was that a game when we were kids Crossfire! Crossfire! That's what we're going to slowly lap we back around to our jokes five minutes ago. Josh was talking about that? I didn't. Yeah. I, I, Josh's joke probably keep went up, over Keep head, up, keep up, keep up. Well, I can't keep up if I didn't understand it. Uh, it's, it's, it's impossible. You can't use that as an excuse, not after 200 episodes. <laughs> 200 to go. Uh, okay, so in summation, uh, Shay had the rundown on Crossfire X. Rich is really excited about Warhammer uh, Dark... Tie? 69k 69k baby and fable is being made by the people that make forza horizon one of the things i'm really excited for is kind of the uptick in some of the games that are going to be getting a little bit of an overhaul for the series x like primarily ori obviously i'm so excited to see that in its updated graphics for sure and audio, improved audio. If you have it's... a nice PC, is that already going to look better, probably, you think? Like, if I if I were to just get Ori on my PC instead of the Series um, X? I, well, think it was, version, I think it was locked at 60. So okay. it looks better because it should run at that 60 basically the whole time, other than the, the audio issues, because the PC version had a bunch of audio glitches. Um, but yeah, this should unlock the frame rate. And hopefully optimize it so it can actually run at that new higher frame rate better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited for some of those games to kind of um, get up so to speak. Like Gears 5, I believe, was also on that list as were some of the other games. And I honestly, I, I still want to play more of Gears 5. That game was fun as fuck. What little I, I, I like that game quite a bit. Surprisingly Shay. fun. Shay, you can't say that stuff on this podcast. What's, come on, could you do that to me? How could you do me like that? You shut your damn mouth. <laughs> yeah. One thing, though, that was kind of disappointing, I this is the one thing I've been really curious to hear your guys' opinion on, is I was, uh, in my research, I was reading that the uh, that Microsoft had basically said what they're trying to do is create this ecosystem to where you won't have to immediately upgrade to the Series X because a lot of these games are going to have like dual releases, but it looks like half the games that they premiered at this uh, showcase are going to only be on the new Xbox. Like the new Forza game, for example, is only going to be on the new Xbox, not on the old one. So in theory, they were saying like you could probably survive for two years without um, upgrading your hardware because all of it will be dual release, but it looks like they're already kind of pushing back on that. Oh, they're li- they lied about that. Okay, they're I'm lying. Is I, I, don't, I wouldn't I, say lie. I would say, yeah, they made it very clear that you wouldn't have to get it for a couple of years, and now it's like, uh, yeah, they, they just you never they have made, to. They made yeah. promises they couldn't keep. <laughs> also known as uh, lying. <laughs> I just don't understand why you're getting so mad about it because I mean, you can play Halo. That's not really all that matters, right? You can play yeah. Halo. No, I was just curious. Like, does that does that like? I guess put a bad taste in your guys's mouth for for microsoft or is it like ah i didn't have a great taste in my mouth to begin with well i mean Not it's really. all coming to pc so i mean That's, for the yeah. five people who actually bought an xbox one it kind of <laughs> sucks but beyond them yeah 
Yeah, I, it is weird that they're pushing back on that, but yeah, I have a new gaming laptop, so I'm not too worried about it. And I'll play Halo on my, on my, uh, probably my Xbox One, because I have a One X, it still looks great. So, unless I hear from someone that like, holy God, you have, if like Halo Infinite ends up being a masterpiece, and everyone's like, you have to play this on the Series X, I will think about it, and for a second in my mind, I will consider making a terrible decision and buying that stupid fucking thing. I won't. I'll just play it on my PC. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that mm. seems weird. You know, maybe they're feeling a little bit of the pressure there. Like, they don't want too many people to be like, why should I get this box? I'm just going to get a PC. Maybe they're feeling a little bit of the... Well, that's it. My, my thought is I'd rather, like, upgrade my GPU or my graphics card than buy another box. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. I feel like they're kind of in a no-win situation. If they don't justify buying new hardware or a new console, then basically, why did they make it? But if they... Uh, if they give that new console exclusive games, it's going to piss off some people um, because they made that uh, statement saying that they weren't going to do that. So well, I feel like they kind of put themselves I in the no I think they situation. only make the box now because they've unfortunately made a bunch of pissy little baby men who won't buy Sony's consoles. So like that's kind of, and who also don't know how to update Windows. So that, that's that's the reason that they still have the console but other than that it seems like their plan is to just release everything on everything it's um, true you you gotta you gotta make sure that there's no there's no draft coming in like if it's during the winter time and it's pretty cold you gotta lay down the uh the weather strips to make sure that uh the draft doesn't get out sometimes your your panes get scratched so you gotta make sure you're updating your windows pretty frequently uh-huh. oh i was like where the fuck is he going with this one well, come on, guys, give give yeah. him give him that, a bone. That reminds here. me. He really put a lot. There, of that reminds that me of. I don't know. It was a long walk. Uh, yeah, it was a very long walk. But since we're here, unrelated story. <laughs> um, at college, I had a a roommate, one of my one of my good friends, and uh, his family lived close by the school, close enough close enough by, and his his grandma would make us dinner on uh, on the weekends every now and then. So we'd go there, and. Uh, have have some nice country country cooking over the weekends it was it was wonderful and uh it sounds nice it, we, like we like the the lot of us like as many people as we could fit in you know a car or two would cram into this tiny little kitchen with no room for for anything we'd all we'd all sit in there and anyway we were crammed in this tiny little room with no room to do anything at one point and i stretch because i'd had such a good meal and i'm ready to go and i just lean back like this and i put my elbow right through grandma's window and and knock out one of the windows <laughs> in uh in her kitchen while stretching from such a good meal i hope you feel bad years later for what you've done <laughs> mm-hmm. josh did you repair did you pay for that uh that sweet grandma's window mm-hmm. but it was it's one of those things like I'm, I'm there trying to get my free food because we're we're in college. And now you have to pay for this. Yeah, window and and I out. break a window, just putting my putting my elbow right through it. So that my 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 terrible joke actually hits a nerve for mm-hmm. you, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's a little too close to home. Yep. Um. All right. So let's see here. Was there? Look, man. I don't know. I, there wasn't a lot that I was super jazzed you know? about. What what was what else did you guys see at this thing that you like were really interested in that we haven't um, talked? 
they announced Stalker 2, which we didn't see a whole lot of it, but it's cool that they're they're doing that. Yeah. Don't really Stalker have much. Two. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah. No, I think the, uh, the, the only other big thing there, and it's probably not big as far as like actual hype for it, but as far as talented people making the game, uh medium mm-hmm. looks good. Yes, yeah. Because that is by the the, the guys who make Observer and Layers of Fear and a lot of good horror games. And they have oh, the that's uh, cool. they yeah. have the composer for Silent Hill on board for that as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's got an interesting conceit where you're controlling it's kind of the opposite of brothers, where you've got two characters that you're controlling on one screen at the same time, and that's the difficult thing. It looks like it's kind of puzzle-y. It's which it's a cool okay. idea because it's it's built around multi-boxing as a as a conceit, which, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the speedruns of people, not even speedruns, just people trying to beat different Mario games with the same controller plugged into... Same inputs, yeah. Yeah, the same inputs. That's the game. Uh, the idea is that you are controlling the character the in real two different world, worlds. Yeah, the real the world and time. the spirit world. And, like, yeah, some of the puzzle solutions come in, like, I would imagine the idea would be like, you know... Oh, in the spirit world, I can slip to this side of the room and do something that unlocks a door in the real world, and mm-hmm. it seems like an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, and you're controlling both with the same like anything you're doing is is moving both characters, which is is a really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm I am looking forward to that because uh, I yeah. really really like Observer. I think that's probably one of the better horror games in a long time. Um, it just yeah. <sighs> It's it is solid. Cool. I never got to Observer, but now you're making me want to play it. It is it is really good because it does it does a thing where it makes you learn the world and then it'll change little things. Oh, I don't want to learn. It. Yeah. Well, it's it like not even like you're it's not a big world, but like you're in an apartment building. And in most uh-huh. games you'd have a map of it or something like that. And this yeah. is one of those ones where you learn it by seeing it's got a of course it's got a map of the apartment complex on the wall by the stairwell just like a real apartment complex would have and so you have to you end up learning the area and and until it changes on you and it's just it's really cool because it'll like mess with your head in a way that a lot of games just don't have the opportunity to i remember this game yeah yeah um i think it's a game pass game too or it was for a while there for sure so it definitely was at one point if i will say this this almost seems like bad business on their end, but it's amazing that you can get Halo on Game Pass. Like when Halo Infinite comes out, I can literally spend $10 and play that game for a month. That seems almost cruel in, in a way that I'm just... Hey, the model's working for them, so... it, it is, Game Pass kudos. is great, yeah. And also, I think there's still... There are people that exist who have Game Pass... But it's a Halo game, so they're going to go out and buy it physical anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's going to mm-hmm. sell. It'll definitely sell a couple million or a million or so physical. Like, I'd have to check, but I think Halo 5 had pretty disappointing sales numbers. Well, I mean, um, after Halo 4. <laughs> sorry. Do they, do they, in the Master Chief collection, they don't include 4? 4 and because... 5 are not included. Okay. Well, they're new enough. There's no reason to... Yeah, and Reach was put in after the fact. Like, at launch, it did not have Reach, but it was added later on. Well, I know 4 was 343. Three. I was just wondering if they would have thrown them in there. So. There there are no 343 three games in the Master Chief collection. It is all. It is all. It is a collection of Bungie's Halo games. 
Bungie's Halo games. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, overall, how did you guys feel about it in a word or two? I mean, overall, the conference. Uh, I mean, those conferences are fun. I mean, it wasn't Word like or was... two, Rich. Word uh, or two. No, it's fine, Rich. You can, I Good. Even... I mean, the two words are Game Pass. Yeah. Because I feel like they sold that way more than they Game sold Pass. the new console. Yeah. Uh, Game Pass is great. Do my I have a new console? My one or two words, let's go. Uh, Sorry, let me okay. say it, let me say it like the kids do. Let's go. Do the kids say it uh, that way? Who says who, who says that? They do. Yeah. What kids so, are you talking to? I want to get to uh before Shay leaves here, we're gonna talk some Pokemon. Um I was gonna see if there's if I could get to a couple polls here as well before he get it, he get ducks. it. Get the polls. Get, get him, boy. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. Um I did want to say if you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, you know, Shay, there's so many incredible ways that they can support us there. Um yeah. if someone were to go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, Shay, mm. what what could they find as far as options for supporting us? Well, first off, if you join the one dollar tier, you can check out our cool polls that we do. For example, this poll I did this week. The more annoying game trend. I asked our patrons what is the most current the most annoying current gaming trend. And the choices were microtransactions, loot boxes, DLC of content that should be in-game, day one patches, and pre-order bonuses exclusive to one outlet. And our patrons voted, microtransactions are the most annoying gaming trend. Still? I don't really think about them anymore. I don't really see them anymore. Well, and you are actually... In line with some of our fans who said that none of it really bothers them, um, including the microtransactions, but they are def- microtransactions are definitely still there. Maybe it's more prominent in multiplayer games. I just don't play a lot multiplayer of and also phone games, mobile games, okay. I should say, and also every AAA play- game. No, yes. that there wasn't any in The Last of Us. Yeah, there's microtransactions in The Last of Us Part Two. No, no, that's like they're you're really using the exception as your this is triple A games. That's that's I didn't I don't I was just trying to grab some what's one recently? I I just don't Red I'm Dead being 2. Honest, I don't Yeah. Uh multiplayer though. A lot of people still play the multiplayer. But it also has single player. No mm, transa- the microtransactions I don't think are really for the single player, so maybe, I don't know. I don't yeah, pay attention. Really I don't pay enough attention to play that game. I don't pay enough attention. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there I, are yeah. some, but let's not let's not sit here and get hung up on it. But anyways, there's that no was, reason to harp on it. Yeah, could that, have been a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Not today. Could have been. Um, but, it won't be. but that's like at the one dollar tier, you can vote for those polls. Um, you also have some age, a little bit of agency. At the end of the day, we make the decisions, but we like to hear from our patrons. Patrons, we like to give them a little bit of input into what we do so for example i was editing the chomping after dark episode of the last of us 2 which will be going up in a few weeks for the patron or in a few days for the patrons excuse me in a few weeks for the regular feed um which is one of our new podcasts that we made public and i was asking our patrons if they thought we should split it into one or two episodes because of the natural halfway point and also because the episode is monstrous it's actually longer than some of the more recent chomp cast episodes we did 
and um i i'm going to defer to the patrons on that one for example so you do have some agency there if you are a part of the uh patreon uh but three dollar tier gets you access to the shout outs which we will be doing next week so if you want to get in and get your name mentioned on the podcast you have one week um i've already written that actually so get it in while you can that's what she said but anyways um i stole that from you morgan sorry five dollar tier gets you access to our secret instagram which morgan pours information into there some behind the scenes stuff some memes uh some conversations from our discord so on and so forth uh the ten dollar tier gets you access to the chomping after dark episodes two weeks early that's right not a few days two weeks so you can talk about it with us way before the general public gets access to it twenty dollar tier gets you access to some interesting fun conversations with the crew all four of us join you for a one-on-one skype session well i guess it's a four-on-one if you're into that sort of thing and the fifty dollar tier gets you access to choosing our topic for a week so for one week of the month you get to choose our topic it can be anything as long as we approve of it can't be something like trolly or disturbing like we we filter it obviously but if it's you know a decent topic that you're not trying to fuck with us on it will be our topic for an episode and we will make sure that we talk about it way too much no i'm just kidding i i love the idea that maybe somehow down the road we're gonna run out of topics and we're just gonna go really obscure weird topics like top 10 video game trolls and like actual trolls we're gonna get to that point at some point (laughs) at some point we will have to go like very very nitty-gritty and i actually i'm excited for those i'm excited for those i'm sure that um they will make for some weird conversations but anyways that's what you get access to with our patreon and of course last but not least if you support us at all in all sincerity we love you eternally um we love our patrons they are basically our uh chomp cast or our chomping family uh they are such a huge part of the community they're not the only part but they're such a massive part of it um they are amazing and if you support us you continue to help us be able to make this um this content so seriously thank you um to anyone actually, who has um, given in the past who is currently giving who is considering giving in the future uh thank you mm-hmm. yeah we actually thank changed you. our whole review system based off patron feedback so we do we do listen and we do care um, so yeah, patreon.com slash sword Uh, and I got something to add to that. Uh, I'll save it for the ghost of Tsushima. Cause I want to talk to some Pokemon before I, I wish Shay before he has to leave. Um, cause he's been having nightmares about 150 diglets that he just can't seem to, <laughs> to find. Yeah. I'm actually going to see a therapist today. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's wearing the on me. Diglets are they the ones with the weird hair? Yeah. They're the Alolan diglets. Oh God. And, and like, <laughs> Um, sorry, I, uh, I had received an important message about the thing I'm actually leaving for, but anyways, um, yeah, so it's interesting. The, the, I was very excited for this, uh, DLC and I didn't play it right away because I was kind of mixed in between the last of us two finishing that up and also, um, getting caught up in darkest dungeon, which I'm still in the throes of, but 
when you start this, it's interesting. You you go into the DLC and basically you are you are thrust into this area that's like a massive wild area, but it, I think it's more interesting. Like there's more variance in the environments and the ecosystem. So it's that that was really cool. I think that's how the wild area should have originally been. But it's cool that they added this as DLC, as the two-part DLC, because you pay $30 for the season pass, and this is part one of the DLC that you're going to get. The second part is releasing in November. Uh, it starts out pretty much right away with this, this, uh, this girl introducing herself to you, and you kind of get the sense that like she has some ulterior motives. And come to find out she does. She's a part of this dojo, and she wants to be the head person, and she's intimidated by you. Because she's kind of heard inklings of you, and um, she's trying to basically like keep you down because she wants to be the head of, she wants to be like the head student of this dojo, and she's worried. And it's a very short DLC. I think it's like, um, story wise, it caps out at maybe two hours max. Because basically, um, sorry if this is spoilers for you. I mean, it's like a two-hour DLC, so I apologize in advance. So if you don't want spoilers... The DLC is shorter than our podcast. Right. So if you don't want the spoilers, fast forward that for the next 10 minutes. But um, basically, you go through the dojo. You have to go through these little missions where you have to like pick these mushrooms or you have to fight these enemies or something. And then these are kind of the two trials and the third trial is basically facing off against uh the the girl and once you do that then you get the legendary pokemon which i believe his name is cub fu which is this legendary um karate bear and basically after that you have to take him around the island to make him like you and once he does then you have to go to one of two uh major towers and you have to fight through that. And once you do that, that basically kind of chooses how he evolves into his final legendary form. So he mm. has two options, basically. And it's it was fun. Um, it's very short DLC. The thing is, like, they tried to add some content by what Morgan was alluding to, finding 150 Alolan Diglets. Now, the importance of that is basically it, it's their way of rolling out these Alolan forms into this game instead of just dumping them all on you or just being like, Hey, here they are in this weird area that they wouldn't normally be in the gallery region that they make you work for it. Like this guy, basically he brought all these diglets from the Alola region and they suddenly got out. It's, you know, it's absurd Pokemon shit. Um, nothing to take serious, but it's, it's like, it's not my favorite thing in the world. It's cool to get the Alolan forms in this game. Um, but it's just, it's such a pain in the ass to find all those diglets. Um, especially like if you're playing on your handheld, it's super hard to find them. If you're playing on your TV, that's the optimal way to find them. But the biggest thing I think that is the takeaway from this DLC that, uh, they brought back here (laughs) that they brought back is that whatever Pokemon is first in your party follows you around. And I believe Yeah, that, Rich had mentioned that. That's cool. Yes, he did mention that. And that's absolutely right. That is the coolest part. And well that and also seeing a lot of the previous Pokemon from previous gens. Because I cannot tell you the first time I was swimming through the water and I see this like you just see this like 
a vortex of water just shooting towards you and you're like what the fuck is this coming towards me and it's the first time you see it it's a little bit like what the fuck is going on it's a sharpedo <gasps> sharpedo oh, yeah I love sharpedo. just chasing you down yeah just they fucking are relentless and they chase you down um oh, cool i gunned it for that whale lord when you could see that like dude accurately that's sized what i was just gonna say distance. too that's exactly what i was just gonna say and the first time you see a whale lord I was like, what the fuck is this? This thing is massive. And mm-hmm. sure shit, it's a Waylord. So one thing that they actually, uh, in, they did it in the, the main game, but they, I think they did an even better job in the DLC is they tried and make things relatively to scale, um, especially with like the Waylord. That thing is massive. It's really cool, cool, though. It's yeah. so it is, cool. Yeah. So there are some really cool elements to the DLC. I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't say it's worth $30 right now just because it's such a short DLC. And it's if you, if you want more of the same stuff, just battling and collecting. Um, yeah. I mean, it's for you. If you just want some more time in that world, and it's, it's to me, it's akin to kind of, uh, some of the walking sims of just going around collecting your favorite Pokemon, seeing them interacting with them. It's the same stuff and it's good. But, um, I guess for me, I was hoping that there was going to be a little bit more story because I loved the story. Um, in the, in, uh, sword and shield. Yeah. I was like sun and moon X and Y, which one are we on? <laughs> it it, it looks sh- like, uh, the second bit of the DLC looks like it's going to be a bit more story driven. I hope so because the story and sun or God damn it, sword and shield <laughs> are uh, amazing. I, I absolutely love the story in that game, and I was hoping for more of that. Which it's okay, it's okay. I um, I'm excited that for the second half of the DLC. And I know it centers around a, a, a tag team Pokemon league, so it seems like there's probably more narrative and cool. whatever comes of that. Cool. My like at the end of the day, when it comes out in November, I'm gonna be more interested to have that conversation then to decide if we think that uh, the package is worth it. Either the package is better than them releasing the third game because, like in the past, they've always done like um, gold, silver, and then crystal as the third game, or blue, yeah. red, yeah. and then yellow. And then they did with Sun and Moon; they released Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which is a little bit different for them. So this generation, they decided to do DLC, and I'm going to be interested to see if, at the end of the day, I like the third game model or if I like the DLC model. And it's going to all, for me, as of right now, it's very dependent on how the second DLC pans out, because this first DLC, to me, was not, for me, what I'm looking for was not worth the money. Well, I can tell you, as someone who's who's bought a lot of those side games, like having it all go into the game I already own is nice. You know, having the DLC just add to the game I already have it sounds like it's just more of a pricing thing like if this had been 10 bucks you might be a lot higher on it you know what I mean yeah yeah it's and like for me it's not so much that like they did anything wrong it's not their fault I think that it's a great model and I'm actually all for it I talked about it months back I'm completely supportive of it because uh it's a DLC they're not releasing a bunch of new third games and that's like that's rough on the economy for like plastic cases and plastic wrapping and stuff like that it's very eco-friendly which i'm obviously all about as i hug my trees but uh also because it's it's a little bit cheaper than the third game model uh the the bigger concern there for me and this is more of a personal note 
I think, is that there are so many amazing games coming out right now, and I spent $30 on this when I could have spent that money on Ghost of, uh, Ghost of Tsushima or um, Paper Mario. So I, it's, it's more of like a I could have allocated those funds elsewhere yeah. if I had known that this game would be that short and I could have waited to buy this game later. So the on. second one dropped, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not a big deal. It's like it's not their fault. It, um Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Cool. Cool. Well I appreciate you giving us giving a rundown, Shay, and uh we're gonna miss you, but we have wish you the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I gotta leave guys. Uh in all seriousness, very important stuff going on on my end. It's not stuff I'm able to talk about right now or comfortable talking about right now but once once that point comes to where i can talk about it publicly i will be talking about it publicly he's gonna be an olympic gymnast you guys yeah he's qualifying to be an <laughs> almost 31 almost we'll 31 years know. of age that's right mm-hmm. for sure do you guys know that i turned 31 in four days jesus christ Woo! you're young we're all like 35 36 here except I'm rich is still in his 20s <laughs> i'm 27 more yeah, Yeesh. I used to be the youngest guy on the podcast, and Fish labor. had to leave like an asshole. Child labor? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, thank you, Shay, for the rundown, and a bunch of fun stuff to talk about next week as well. Yeah, I love you guys Bye. very much. Thank you guys for being flexible with me, and I love you guys. And this is directed to my podcast hosts, but I also love you, the fans. And uh, hey, I hope uh, have- I'll be flexible with you any day. No, oh, you stole my joke, you jerk. Hey, that's that's all part <laughs> of the cuddle puddle. The We're gonna be at this point. What's well, yeah. all part of the cuddle puddle we're going to be debuting when we start doing live shows. <laughs> we'll all be flexible it's with each so other. wet. Ugh. The word cuddle puddle is, you know, I don't like, or the words cuddle puddle. I don't like that. Can that be on the ad? Like get wet with sound. <laughs> get wet with sword chop. Um, on that note, yeah, we still have some heavy hitters to talk about here. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Paper Mario, carry on um i let's let's get right to ghost of tsushima real quickly sure. and then i'm going to let you guys hash it out with paper mario cool uh, and actually played a little carry on as well um all right so i'm curious uh to think rich i know you're a lot higher on this game than me but it sounds like you're you're really enjoying it from when we talked yeah right? um and here, here's the thing i'll say like and I've, I've said this you and i talked privately we talked a little bit before the show it is totally one of those checklisty open world games um, and a couple of things lined up for me. One, I think I really wanted one of those right now. Like it's scratching a certain itch for me. Um, and two is I really like the, the tone and like the subject matter of it. Like I, a game that just kind of oozes that old samurai film aesthetic. Like it's, it does it so fucking well. And I think you get out of uh, it what you put into it. Like, one of the, the first things I, I was saying to you earlier, Morgan, and the rest of the guys is, um, I think one of the main things it fixes that was always a problem for me is, like, look at, like, later Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. Um, you open them up, and the map is, like, cluttered with icons, and it's overwhelming, and you don't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, this game uses kind of, like, a fog of war mechanic on the map. So I found myself just kind of doing things as I find them. Um, yeah, you just kind of wander to kind of clear yeah, it out. Yeah, you just kind of wander to clear it out. Uh, there, One of the armor is called the Traveler's Attire, which basically its main function is as you upgrade it, it gets better at this. It clears more fog of war than normal armor as you're exploring the map. So mm-hmm. I've already upgraded that armor fully. Um, so I just like Jesus, traipse okay. around the map wearing it. 
and I just do things as I find them. And a lot of those stuff, like the fox dens that get you like charms and stuff, there's not much to them. It's like follow the fox, but it's mindless checklisty stuff. And the thing that's cool about those that stuff is everything on the icons like explains to you what it yields. Like nothing's ever a mystery. Like you hover over a story mission and it tells you like for doing this you unlock this ability or you unlock this weapon. Like so you yeah, can prioritize nice. in that way. Um Yeah, here's an upgrade, here's this, yeah. That yeah. actually helped me because I I went to one of those little hot springs and I couldn't I guess I missed the little icon that you sit down. I was like jumping in the water looking I'm like what am I supposed to do here and I I took off and then I put my little icon over on the map and it said minor health increase. So I was like, "Okay, I'm supposed to do something here." Yeah, you got to um, you got to reflect. Which, by the way, I think it's comical that I re- reflected on the, the, the sad event. It's just like he sits down, has a sad memory about someone in his life, and then it's like your health is increased well, by a I always, <laughs> I always pick whatever the most ridiculous option is. Like sometimes yeah, know, you can just too, like yeah. reflect on your favorite food. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. it's a, it's um, it's very yeah. I think the I'll start with the thing I agree with you on as far as the open world stuff, like the the chemical and the brain stuff. Like I do I actually enjoy that stuff more than the story stuff by a lot. Like I, uh, I, I'm interested in why that is though, because I don't know how much of the story stuff you've done. Because I don't know either. Th- there are like those white icons and stuff are the, a lot of the mindless, um, like go kill these five bandits and then talk to me. But then there's like these character driven even side missions that I think are really good narratively. I mean they're they were okay. I I the 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 gold missions are like slightly better. Not even um, just the gold missions. They're they're like the, side the, character missions. I don't know. I found them just the 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 storytelling technique they use in the game. There's there's a lot of interesting things about it. It's not bad. It, I just feel like it's sort of like uh it doesn't like for the game is incredibly artistic as far as the art direction is concerned most of the time, but like the the way that they tell the story doesn't feel particularly unique or, or artistic to me. It's basically they'll just kind of the main character. He's you know he's kind of oh Jin's a piece of cardboard, but yeah he's exactly he's a piece of cardboard. You know I guess that's how I, that's how I feel about the story in general. It feels a little bit cardboardy, but like not not like it's bad. I like there, there it, are little moments here and there, but. It goes cool places. If anything, my biggest criticism of the story so far is that, like, one of the things Jin, like, tackles with early on is, like, this idea of, like, being an honorable samurai and now fighting by, like, deceitful tactics and using, like, these kunai and these these ghost weapons, as they're referred to as. And yeah. he, he's, like, having a hard time with it, but then, like, kind of that's immediately thrown out the window. Like, everybody keeps giving you a hard time about it, but obviously I'm going to do that anyway. Um... Yeah, no, there's, there's, dude, there's a lot of, there's a lot of funny stuff like that. There's a, there, I know you probably did this one too, Rich, but Josh, this is a good example, I think, of what I'm kind of torn on. There was, there's like these white icons that uh, are definitely worth doing. They're not like story progressors, but they're like bigger than just tiny side quest blips, you know? They'd be considered side quests, basically. And there was one that I walked up to, and it was just a guy who was saying that, he was a coward and he was afraid and his and his family was captured or whatever. So I walked like 20, 30 feet away or so and I had – there's like a little detective. You'll love this, Josh, because you love detective mode in games. Um, this isn't really a detective mode. It's like the most primitive version of that. You just kind of like look at something on the ground and he'll say something. Like he looked at a, a spatter of blood and he said, uh, a lot of blood. And I was like, okay. And then he walked a little farther and said, a child's toy. 
And, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, all right. And then he's like, a lot of blood. Someone died here. I'm like, how do you know someone died here? There's just a lot of blood. All right, whatever. I guess Because so. there was enough and, blood to fill in an entire human. It was just, no, no, it wasn't that much. Um, but uh, it's just kind of like it's about a, one human. So, yeah, a small one, was, but a human. It's 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 a it's sort of a comical kind of detective mode. And then he goes back and he tells the guy, "Sorry, your family's dead." And he's like, "I'm a coward." And then he's like, "Now do better, and you can help fight against the bad guys." And then whing, they're called the Mongols. They're real people, yeah. Morgan. Uh, <laughs> the, um, it's just like. There's just not a, like it's I think it's tough for me when you play a lot of the open world games that are like have done the side quest thing have made them so well, interesting and that this one is like it definitely feels like a step back. Here's the thing. One. And I should say I've put like you're talking about the least interesting side quests. There are way like yes. for you to think that's one of the more uh like substantial ones tells me you haven't done any of the substantial ones well i did i did two last night where i had to they ended with like a duel and it didn't really seem that oh. more interesting there was one where this guy was like That's... pretending to pose as a samurai and oh i, I like to... that one a lot actually uh, and they did sort of like a fake duel thing. Well, I was um, well. No, you didn't. Like, that's not a. Have you done actual duels yet? I have. Yeah, I did. Like, they I fake did. you out with that. They literally put the bar it's up for the duel, joke. and then he's like, "No, yeah. please." Uh, the duels get better. Um, I think like one hundred percent. And this is I've probably got like twenty hours on record at this point, maybe a little more. Um, and I've actually reached the point where I'm only on the second island, but I have maxed out a lot of the skill stuff. And I think the sooner you can do that, the more rewarding this game feels. Because once you have the full tool set, you can do some crazy stuff with the combat. And once you really lock down a lot of those parries, that dueling system feels rewarding as hell. Like, it's not Sekiro, but it feels good. I think that's okay. the thing I miss the most is, like, Sekiro, I liked the art direction in that world so much. But, like, the combat just was too chal- was too frustrating for me. I could never get a-, a hang of it. But in this game, it's, like, almost like the combat is just the opposite of that. It's, like, so simple. Like, and you just kind of slide around and chop people. It's, it does feel like a mixture of, like, Assassin's Creed witchery kind of stuff where you kind of just – you kind of jiggle around, like, with your little stance and you chop people, you know? Um, it's, it's not, it's not Sekiro, but it's a little more complicated than like the give and take of Assassin's Creed is what I'd say. It is. It's yeah. more you parry actually, reliant. That was Way one of the jokes I was going to talk about earlier whenever Shay did the poll for our patrons. One of my, one of those things I'm starting to get a little weary of in games is, is the stagger meters. Like everything is a stagger meter now. This game has like, these enemies have like little stagger meters. And if you break those, then they're a lot more. Um, but it's nothing like Sekiro. It's it's and, a very simple... Yeah, and this lends itself more to, like, those one-on-one duels are where the combat feels really cinematic and really epic, and um, once you get to the second island, I don't want to say who they are because it's, like, story spoiler stuff, but basically one of the new collectibles on the map ends up being there's this group, like, looking to, like, challenge you to duels, and um, I, I kind of love those because they feel like the most cinematic, like Kurosawa film esque, where you'll see like someone made like a makeshift dueling ring by like putting swords around, and there's just like a dude holding somebody hostage, and they're like, "He's come, you can go," and they just push him away. And they're like, "I knew you would come, samurai." The one I did last night that was the there was a bunch of swords around the ring too, so there must be like a, a uh, common thing. That they do. Well, that's I think I know what mission you're talking. Was that for the legendary, the first legendary move? Uh, heavenly strike. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's more specific because that was like a, a dueling ring set up for that narrative purpose. Like th- this might even be a narrative beat you might not see coming in the story. So I don't I don't want to tell you what happens there. I think it is one of the more interesting twists after the first act. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I I I hate. I'm not really enjoying the story at all. But that means Josh will probably love it. I love. Uh, this. I, I like the story. <laughs> Jin is a flat character, but I like some of the stuff yeah, happening. He's so flat. Yeah. Um. Here's a weird thing to talk about because I feel like I put like 15 hours in before I even got far enough to unlock this. Do you know there's a grappling hook? I I did not know there was a grappling. It hook. changes the way you can tackle a lot of stuff once you have it. Because you Full cannot, circle. you get it when you're leaving the first island, and I put maybe oh, 18 okay. hours in mm. before I left the first island. Oh, God. well, yeah. If you have OCD, this is one of those games where it's like, you know, it's the. I will say this: the what I was enjoying. Unfortunately, I have to go through the story stuff to progress, so that's a little bit of like that's like work for me. Um, but I, the actual, just like checking off it's not that everything you do in the world is interesting but you do get enough of that like no what am i gonna it's a known into? quantity it's like oh there's a fox i'm gonna follow the fox and get the inari charm and well and those are like the the bare minimum every time you see a fox you're gonna run push r2 and you're just gonna get nothing basically. but you can it's... pet the fox oh no those are worthwhile um because you want for get all those charm ch- slots well you get all those charm slots and then mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best charms in the game. Once you have all the charm slots, you get a an Inari charm, which then upgrades itself. Um, as you find more Inari shrines, and it yeah. basically just boosts all your stats like pretty well rounded. Um, and you can just keep upgrading that charm. Well, no, that sounds cool. And what I actually all those feed back into the gameplay loop. Well, I'm just saying all the the actual action of those is always the same. It's like run to point A, press R two. Oh yeah, yeah. It's There's... the same. You know. But the, it's very the navigating rote. the world feels good, like which is why it works well. Like, I like it almost feels like sort of a marring between like Assassin's Creed and um, Uncharted. Weirdly enough, it's, it's when you're weird. like climbing well, stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird kind of mixture there. Especially, they, but the, the grappling hook feels like the Uncharted Four grappling hook. But the the one kind of cool thing about the game is that. You never completely know sometimes what you're going to run into. And oftentimes, yeah, it can be a little disappointing. But there have been times where I've, like, there's these, one cool thing they do in the game, Josh, is that these, like, golden hawks will just show up. Um, and Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about the navigation. It, like, that's... Yeah, basically, if when you see a hawk, you just fo- anytime you might you see one of these hawks, you just follow them, and they'll basically take you they to They always a lead you to something you haven't found yet. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you of, see a bird, follow it. Um, cause the other thing is like, there's no, there's a map you can pull up, but there's no mini map and there's no set tracking it. When you track something, the breeze just blows in the direction of your target. Yeah. And that is so you can much swipe up on the than, touchpad to yeah. blow a, bre- a strong breeze. That is so much better than the other implementations of this. Um, I've actually looked at that a lot. The detective mode in the game is, has nothing to do with the detective bits, but it, it's doing the Just same thing most other games enemies. do. Like, it's like, okay, all of a sudden you can see all the enemies through walls, which is, like, it, it seems like it's a required thing with games at this point, but, okay, whatever. Um, but I do really like, like you're saying, a lot of the stuff they're doing with tracking to make it more interesting. Um, to make it more in- environmental-based and, like, minimal yeah. minimal UI stuff. Yeah, but I found out that I am a little bit wind dyslexic because, like, I have trouble. Like, no, it, the, no, it just kind of no, looks I like wind's blowing I, all over I, the place. I understand this from from playing Sea of Thieves with you all the time. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. I'm like, which ways? I can't tell which way. Do the you? Wind... I'm curious if you like this, Morgan, because I think it's one of my favorite things, especially now that I have like I have the full suite of ghost weapons, like the kunai, the explosives, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I love to go into an area and now, like, I have, like, a strategy of, like, I'm going to go stealth, 
Then I'm going to, you know, take out the bow and like start picking some guys off. And then eventually, much like one of my favorite, I, I, I found myself going, wow, I wish Assassin's Creed did this because it would be hilarious. Um, when you approach groups, you can go into a standoff, which you could just be like, hey, what's up, fucks? And you can like do a timing based minigame, basically, where you can cut down up to three of them in like a single slash. Um, but if you're in an encampment or something and you've taken out a lot of the guys, you'll see the yeah. prompt come up to like call out and be like, I'm here. Where are you, assholes? And like draw the rest of them out to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's another thing that's sort of like the the I've there's this thing you do where you can challenge people to like um, when you walk up to someone. Yeah, that's like, what I was talking about. That that's what you're talking about. That okay. See, I can just kill one people, one person with that right now. You can now, upgrade I've, that up to a max of three. Where after the initial one, like another guy will come at you, and if you time it right, you cut him down, and then another guy comes at you from the other side. Do those? I haven't failed any of those. Do they get harder? Because they seem pretty easy. You just kind of uh, wait. Till eventually, the enemy moves they'll and... start trying to fake you out. Oh, okay. So they do like fake movement. Like you'll then... see him like move his arm slightly and like, but he doesn't follow uh, through. <laughs> that's so silly. Uh, that's good though. That's good. Cause I was worried they were just going to be too easy. Um, no, but what I was going to say was uh, you can find, I, I've only found one of these. I don't know what it was, but I liked it. It was kind of, it was really dumb and, but stupid, but something I would like. Cause it was like a, almost like a, a button tapping mini game. I had to cut the, like uh, all these bamboo Yeah, the bamboo pieces. strike thing. And you have to go like L one squares. It's like there's a ton yes, of them. It's like, there, there are. That's another one of the big collectibles. Um, the bamboo strike just increases your sword damage. Uh, for comp- you can also fully upgrade oh, your sword. Okay, gotcha, um, gotcha. Like there's another upgrade path for it. Right now, I, the one weapon I fully upgraded was I fully upgraded the Matsuno, the smaller blade, which is the one you use for assassinations. Which yeah. the main point of doing that is my the animations for my stealth assassinations are now super quick. Mm. like it's a single strike whereas for you at this point morgan it's probably like he stabs him in the back and then he cuts his th- their throat and like lowers them to the ground like it takes him like a good 30 seconds to get yeah. to killing a yeah. guy no that was the best yeah. upgrade in the last of us 2 as well the one that makes your stealth kills not take 45 seconds wasn't that just the shiv the shiv was just like um i think they both well, that had was, upgrades the, the shiv was reactionary speed but yeah. yeah that's true but yeah no yeah. that was that was necessary to make the stealth kills not take forever um yeah yeah for how cool those um but anyways i uh yeah the, so that stuff i'm i'm mostly okay with you kind of just checking boxes off a map like you said and like sometimes randomly you'll just come across like aesthetic changes to your weapon like uh like oh i found a sword but it's not really i mean like, you, loot, there are other weapons and stuff too like did you yeah yeah you got the Masks. bow i assume right I got a, I have a bow. Did yeah. you get the long bow? No. Uh, yeah. Cause there is a, the short bow, which is the first one you get. And then you should be able to pretty soon get a mission where you can track down this legendary long bow, which has a completely different tool set for it. The long bow, whereas okay. I, what you have fires arrows and fire arrows. And then the long bow fires heavy arrows, which are basically arrows that can pierce, uh, enemies with like helmets or heavy armor. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. And then it has explosive arrows as its supplement. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... For killing wildlife. Yeah, that's all I use it for, is just mm-hmm. shooting bears. Yep. Uh, also, eventually, the Mongols get, like... And I'm like, they just, like, watch Disney's Mulan. Um, they get, like, trained, uh, like, fucking hawks that just literally, like... They fly above you and they have a detection meter like uh, any Mongol would. And if they see you, they just start <laughs> calling like a motherfucker. I'm like, shut up. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like I was telling you this before the show, like I don't, it's to me, it's a lot with like the, the man eater thing where it's like, it's a checklist game, but the idea of being a shark in the, in that world is interesting to me. Like That's, I'm not, you might not I'm have not, the love for like samurai cinema that I, I do. And I, th- I, I'm yeah, fully I willing to admit that's why it hits harder for me. I think like I'm loving the storytelling and the world. I don't think I've like, th- there's been samurai games done to death, maybe not recently, but done to death. And I feel like that whole wandering Ronin aesthetic is being captured better here than I've seen in uh, any other video game. Maybe if it was a little more like, I know the storytelling is kind of set in stone and I'm I'm just not a huge fan of it. But like maybe if it was more like a, I created my like guy from scratch kind of a thing. Because, you know, Jin is like cardboard anyway. So it's like, why is he even mm-hmm. there? Um, well, you kind of do get to do more of that. I think as the weapons open up, like, how do you want to fight? Do you want to be like the noble samurai or do you want to strike from the shadows and yeah yeah which and like your arm like everything i've gotten cosmetically like i did get that that fear headband and i have a mask now so it's funny in these games because you're like right now where i'm at there's so many armor armor sets uh like uh, there's tons yeah uh, once once you get to the second island too like so many more open up um yeah there's so much cool shit yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I get the appeal if you're really into that vibe. I just, a lot of times with these games, like for The Witcher, for example, like they do a great job with side quests of like something I wouldn't be normally interested in, but like the way they execute it is so good that it's like hard for me to like look at this game and be like, okay, well, well that's why this is the, the stronger side quests, like I said, are, are those character driven ones because it's more about these people that survived the initial like Mongol attack. And are now mm-hmm. trying to like pick up the pieces of their their life and like yeah. so many like weird revenge stories. Yeah, or... you got to go like track down Mancrick's wife. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Josh gets it. I didn't get that at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, t- I like I was saying before this came out, I was like, I don't. It it just doesn't look appealing to me. I don't think there's a reason for me. To, I bought the vinyl to play this game. And then I uh, I succumbed to it anyway. Now I'm like I kind of shouldn't because I because like I said it's fine it's fine. I think the checklist stuff is interesting and uh, or not interesting, but um, it, you hit those little you know I get I get why people like these games. It, you get those little dopamine hits in your brain. You're like okay, I filled out this area. It's almost like I, I was thinking about that when I platinumed uh, the Last of Us uh, Part Two recently. Is like one of the fun things about platinum games is you kind of fill out that checklist and you get those little, those satisfaction. Yeah, of those it's the rewards. same, it's the same thing. Yeah. And in man eater, I really liked it because they condensed everything together and you could, I platinum that game in 10 hours, <laughs> like the entire time. <coughs> Sorry. It was a very short experience. Game, but same, same concept. Um, Do you know there's and, a, um, there's a trophy in ghost of Tsushima for dressing like Sly Cooper. Oh, now see mm-hmm. that that sounds great. That sounds interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. There's this vibe to the game to me that's sort of, and I will say this: the art direction, generally speaking, there are a lot of things in the, in the game, the models and textures and stuff that don't look very good. But generally speaking, like the way they handle the art direction of like the trees and the flowers and everything is, is very beautiful. It's also one um, of the best photo modes I've ever. You it can just might be the with, best photo mode. You can yeah. just fuck with like particle density and shit, and just hmm. like be like, okay, I'm gonna put a ton of yellow leaves in here, and then I'm gonna like fill the screen with yellow yeah. leaves, and then I'm gonna have a breeze blow through. <laughs> just, it's it, very smart so cool. in the social media. I think my favorite one before you know. this was the one in Hellblade. They didn't really have a lot of the extra like ad stuff to it, but the camera was a real camera. 
like all the settings in mm-hmm. there were actual camera settings. Like camera, camera yeah, like settings. camera, camera. Oh. Which, it, like, yeah. I know a lot of people don't fuck with that, but like, like I, I learned photography on a thirty-five millimeter, and having a camera behave like a camera in a game was that's cool. Yeah, really it's cool. <laughs> it was really cool, and I really, I, I took a lot of a lot I, I of screenshots. I really liked in Hellblade how accessible it was in Hellblade too, because I think the other really smart choice with this one is that like. To get into it, you just tap right on the D-pad and you're in mm. photo mode. So it makes it really easy to get good action shots because yeah. you can kind of break stuff down frame by frame. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I just I did want to say that like the it's it's very smart that they made the photo mode so good because people like the game's actually, so pretty. Yeah, it's very it's very well. Generally speaking, I think it's the art direction as far as how they handle the leaves and the trees and all, and the lighting in certain areas. Like, believe there is a lot of textures in the game, characters' faces, mountains, rocks, things that you're like, ah. But like as a whole, I don't want to bang on the game too much because what they what they did with the art is really cool. Um, it's one of those it's things unique. where I, I really was like ecstatic about that Kurosawa black and white mode. But now I feel like I'd be like yeah. missing out so much because the colors yeah. just pop in this game. That seems weird. To ha- like the concept of that mode is, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he also made you know color films too." But the the idea it's of taking the color grain out of this- stuff is is what he's known for, and also like I like that it's present even for the sake of like I'll use it in photo mode and stuff like yeah. that. But like the game is so colorful that playing through it in its entirety like that feels like robbing yourself of like a good portion of what makes this game fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. To me, it's a, it's just. It does have sort of a Americanized sort of greatest hits kind of feel to Oh, it that. it is that. Yeah. You know, it's like the Panda Express if you want well, no, that's Chinese food. Um it's the Panda Express if you will of um which is fine. You know, it's like the best way to explain like the tone of the game Anything is Anything that romanticizes the idea of like feudal lords is that like yeah. Imperial Japan was not all honky dory. <laughs> well, well, but I mean yeah. like from software, well, what that. I mean is like a from software. The, even in Japan, a lot of it is nonsense because there was a huge push by their last emperor to westernize everything, including the samurai code, which was complete nonsense. Just kind of rewriting their own history to make it more. They just more like really chivalry. looked to chivalry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot of the a lot of the films are kind of based around that same kind of well, romanticized ideal is, of it. Kind of like our cowboys, yeah, of, which is why a lot of cowboy yes. movies are based off of Kurosawa films. Are basic yes. nonsense. Yeah, but well, it, and, it's that thing too of like the whole idea of like so many of these, and this game is no exception. Uh, like, mm-hmm. leans into the idea of the Ronin and all that, and then still sticks really hard with the code of Bushido, but, like, the idea of what a Ronin was was when it got to that point where they were like, all right, Bushido says you should kill yourself, a Ronin would just be like, no, nah, I'm not not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. you guys have a great day. Well, I'm, I'm going to go why, wander the countryside. But I do think there's, there's to me, like, there's even someone who doesn't know a lot about, like you were saying, that whole culture and, and like, those films and stuff that... Like there's something a little more authentic. Like when I played Sekiro, knowing is you know from a Japanese developer that it just felt, it just feels more authentic, and you can tell in this game that it feels very, um, like sort of casual Americanized. This is authentic nothing... to the Americanized the view idea. of it. Yeah, which yeah, is that's yeah. like that is as cool as Sekiro is. Like I still have a nostalgia for that for the Western samurai film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's to- and totally get that, and it's just weird, like. 
even when you, whenever, like I, after a big mission last night, it was like a spot to have a haiku appeared on my map. It was literally also, like, this game go takes here place, for a haiku. I think about a hundred <clears throat> years before the haiku was invented. Exactly. It does. And, uh, I know we were talking about that. I couldn't, believe, but, um, it was just so funny how they even handle the haiku. It's like, you just randomly pick these words while the camera pans at different parts of the world. And then he sits there and has like a very generic haiku and you're like, and then you get a headband. Yeah, and it just something about it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But at the same time, you are getting that satisfying loop of like, I got a headband. <laughs> so it's like, and also the description of the headband <clears throat> then reads as whatever the haiku you wrote was. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, it's yeah, it's kind of it, you know, it's a, it's a video game. It is what it is. Um, I guess I was always hoping that Sucker Punch was going to maybe swing for something a little more ambitious when they came out of nowhere with Sly Cooper. I, I, I guess I imagined them going for something a little, cause I thought that was what they were all about. You know, back in the day was like, we're going to come out of nowhere and you know, sucker punch you right in the gut. Uh, cause Sly Cooper, that's what Sly Cooper was. And then, yeah, I know a 3d that, mascot platformer. What a crazy idea. Well, but nowhere. like the way they, the quality of that game at the time was like crazy for a developer that you hadn't really heard of. And uh, it was and more linear, too. They were a first-party Sony studio. I don't, I don't think there's was anything a... crazy about it. Well, I mean, they only made that one silly 64 game. Um, but I, I never really got, to be honest with you, I never really got into the Infamous games either. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I like... love Infamous. Infamous mm. 2 in particular. Infamous 1, <clears throat> well, Infamous 2 holds up better, is what I should say. Yeah, so, I don't know, maybe I've just kind of drifted. But yeah, you know, it's an open-world game, and if you like those, you know, you know Josh, you want to check some boxes off. I was, ta- a lot I of boxes was talking with a friend about this, it's crazy. Sucker Punch's uh, games all kind of have this one core conceit behind them, which is, like, from the start of, like, and this goes for, like, Sly Cooper and Infamous, from the start of the game, it's like, okay, we're going to set you up where this encounter happens, and now you know who the big bad is, and the rest of the game is just you know, building a team and getting strong to take on the big bad. Like that's yeah. the loop of Sly Cooper and Infamous and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And also one thing in their games that was like very sucker punchy was the way your character would sort of magnetize to like a pipe or an object. Like in Sly Cooper, it was like when you jumped at something you could land on, you were like a magnet. It would just yeah. suck down. Infamous to it. had that same parkour uh yeah. kind of mechanic. Like, in this game, there's almost none of that except last night I was crossing this little area and when I jumped, my character kind of magnetized to the twig. It was like a log that I was oh, crossing. Oh, well, wait till you do more of that, what I would call more of the Uncharted-y uh, climbing when you're climbing the mountains for the Kami shrines. Okay, you get to do some more of that like suction yeah. magnet stuff, yeah. That's what I always, for some reason, associated with Sucker Punch. There's something about it that feels like satisfying when you like get pulled to the tree and you're like, yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah, because you feel like you don't have to be super accurate and you just, like, suck into it. It's, it's very forgiving uh, platforming, basically. Yes, yeah. yeah Sly Cooper weird. literally had a button to pull you to the object. <laughs> it did, it did. It was pretty. I wonder if that game holds up. I To be honest with you, I wonder if Sly Cooper holds up. I, wanna... <clears throat> I think Sly 2, if anything, time. stands a chance at holding up the best weird anyways yeah i guess we'll be able to talk more Remember about when that. they were gonna make a sly cooper movie and there was a trailer that was in theaters yeah. and everything and then it never happened mm. Mm. i always got the feeling that sly cooper didn't sell as well as they wanted it to it like, must no have done pretty good. well they made four of them four good god and uh to be clear sucker punch did not make sly four but yeah, there are four sly say, cooper yeah. games um anyway yeah ghost of tsushima maybe we'll talk a bit more about that next week as well 
but we also have to. I mean, it's Paper Mario. Yeah. I mean, come on. People, people are dying to hear you guys talk about paper. So, Rich, um, I'm going to step is... away for a couple minutes here and yeah, I'll yeah. let you and Josh hash it out here. Cool. Um, I guess, Josh, you definitely played more than me. Um, what I can say is just to give you an idea of where I am at in Paper Mario is I just fought the Earth of Elemental. Okay. All right. So, so I have an idea of what those boss encounters are now. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, that, uh, um, I'm sure since you just beat him, you also know that after that, if, after you fight each of these origami elementals like that, you, uh, you get a power, yeah. you get a power up, you get to, you, uh, Olivia learns how to fold herself into these elementals, mm-hmm. which adds an additional, um, power up to, uh, your, uh, your, uh, you, you find them on the world map to like solve puzzles and stuff, but also they show up for all the bosses. And occasionally some of the normal encounters after you find these, you'll start having, uh, occasionally, uh, enemies will just like come in holding like one of the, uh, power up things. And as soon Mm -hmm. as you kill that enemy, um, your next, your next move will be able to be one of these power ups. Um, so you can kind of time that to be, um, to like kill it right, right when you want to. To uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's an additional strategic layer thing but, in, the, in the whole puzzle combat. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good. Like one of the things I kind of going into the game, I was a little. I felt like they were teaching you the combat very slowly to make sure you really got it. I feel like that's a Nintendo thing. Whereas I agree with you. I was like, okay, I get it. They teach you everything twice, is what it feels like. They yeah. really hold your hand to make yeah. sure you you get it. And around the, that first boss, like that first boss, they will let you fuck around as long as possible until you figure out the whole pathing thing. In order to get the, to the boss, they won't attack you. They will not attack you until you make it to the boss to get that first attack in. You um, know what's funny is, uh, I think the second time they go to teach that point, I actually, I was worried they were going to penalize me for it because Olivia's being like, attack the right leg. Mm-hmm. So I purposefully turned the dial so I could attack the back left leg. Yeah. But they didn't penalize me for it. Olivia just had a different line of dialogue where she was like, that's not how I would have done it, but I think you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I felt like they were going way too slowly. But after that, the combat seems to get significantly harder like the puzzles they're giving you to solve between each, i'm glad between each uh like attack phase get to the point where sometimes like i'll have three moves I, and i'll be like all right i'm gonna line up one thing we're, we're gonna try to make sure we line up one thing so you um, could take you could thin the herd like the thing is right now i feel like i can do 90 percent of the encounters in one turn mm-hmm and that's that's still going to be the way. Like a lot of them are still going to be fairly obvious. Like you'll see the solution, and if you see it, the combat's easy. Uh, the combat is kind of built around like balance wise. Yeah, we should probably explain how that works. Yeah, yeah. balance wise, uh, you've got a puzzle solving turn, and then after that, you attack, and then the enemies attack you. Um, but the, so the puzzles like um, it's like Mario's at the center of a dartboard, and every enemy is on a different like position on the dartboard and you get a certain amount of moves in the puzzle uh, aspect, like Josh is saying, where you can either turn the outside rings 
or slide the panels up and down. Yeah, and like you're trying slide, to line them up. Slice of it. Yeah, you're either trying to put enemies in a straight line so Mario can jump on their heads, or put them in kind of like a clumping of four so you can attack them with the hammer. Mm-hmm. And uh, also later on, certain enemies. I mean, you've probably already seen it before, like the spiky enemies. You don't want to jump on them unless you've got metal the, boots. There, yeah, the, there's weapons like the the metal boots, which let you jump on spiky enemies, and the shiny boots that do more damage, but you still can't jump on spiky enemies. Yeah, yeah, they have different different things. Like you'll want to line stuff up. They have some that are even more harsh than that. Later on, um, some of the enemies will counterattack you if you attack them with the wrong um wrong weapons so it, they like they really incentivize you to make sure that you're like lining it up like okay if i accidentally hit one of these guys with the hammer it's going to hit me back so i've got to make sure i'm lining up just these guys mm-hmm. in a line and uh also the really koopa troopas i thought were an interesting dynamic because there are certain ways you can hit the Koopa Troopers where they'll react by going into their shells. Mm-hmm. And then, like, let's say you make a line of enemies. If you have one that's in his shell in the front, when you jump on him, it'll just knock the shell into all the other ones doing, like, a ton of damage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are some there are some interesting, um, like, uh, just little complications to your positioning puzzles. Um, they have those. Uh, later on, they'll have those, like, Koopa bomb things, the ones that like those little wind up bombs that are yeah, similar. Yeah, they're yeah. similar, but they act, they they still they they react differently whenever yes. you make them blow up. Um, yeah, no, like it's it's one of those things. Like at at the start, it looks like it's overly simple, and then as it goes, it continues to get more and more complicated to uh, layer itself. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Like I was, um. I was worried that it was going to be a little too simple at the beginning, but that kind of that that worry solved itself before too long. I'm glad to hear you say that, yeah, because like the combat has a lot of potential, and like the last two Paper Mario games really kind of missed completely for me. But mm-hmm. this, the combat feels great. It it's like very lightly an RPG. Like there's no actual leveling up. Uh, you do get those heart items that kind of boost your overall strength and health. Yeah. Uh, but there's no real experience or anything like that. Yeah, and I think on like the only experience oh, you get, like you said, is whenever you level up your health, it will also level up your base attack once you hit. I think it's like every twenty. It might be. It might be more. I think once you go up later on, it seems like there are smaller breakpoints as far as when it'll uh-huh. level up your attack. Um, but that's that's useful because. The enemies all have different levels of health that will kind of determine what weapons you want to use against them because you've always got a base hammer and base boots that you can can just always do these standard attacks. And then Um, you have the more breakable weapons and items like the fire flower. Yeah, and you kind of, you want to make sure that you're just barely killing something essentially so you're not wasting items. But otherwise, it's wasted effort. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, like, if, like, if you just don't kill them, they're still all attacking you. Um, so that ends up being kind of another puzzle in, in, in addition to just positioning them is figuring out, okay, like how, how can you line these up? So you're using the least amount of resources. Again, it's not necessary. Like I think, I think you can get through a lot more of the game without it because they, they have, 
they have plenty of healing items and stuff like that. So if you're taking a bunch of damage, you can you can heal it back up without too much of a penalty. Also, um, pretty regularly, you find park benches like along yeah. your paths where you can just sit down, and Mario and Olivia will like bullshit about something, and he'll just heal. Yeah, yeah, which is which is, yeah, like they're they're pretty forgiving about it. Um, but for for the sake of you know optimizing it, it's still kind of fun. Um, and then on top of, tip that, of the week is turn off the motion controls stat. Yes, no, like I did that before I turned the game on. Um, yeah, like yes, yes. I don't want to tilt my entire console to move these arms because there's puzzly stuff where you turn your your limbs into origami Mm -hmm. uh and the game really wants you to like move the joy cons around to do that but there's no reason you should have to do that or want to do that yeah yeah no that's pro tip pro tip turn that off uh you'll you will your wrists will thank us um and and not in the creepy way that morgan would suggest your wrists thank us but morgan's not here right now so we can say stuff like this and get away with it Mm mm-hmm um yeah, I'm I'm significantly ahead of you are, but nowhere near as far as my daughter is cuz she has been playing this constantly since it came out. Anytime I'm not playing the game, she's playing it. Um and, and the writing is still so good. It is. The writing's really good. Like Olivia is a really fun character to kind of mm-hmm. um and they still they nail that banter from uh, the the toads you're saving. Like mm-hmm. one of the main other mechanics is oh my goodness, yeah, there are they, toads that have been folded into origami shapes all over the world, and as you save them, they get added to an audience that cheers you on in combat, and you can kind of throw coins to them, and they'll help you out. But like all the dialogue for the toads as you save them is like typically just fantastic across the board. It's really good. It's really good because there's an awful lot of like. You're saving them because they've been, you know, brainwashed by the origami king and, and folded in these other things. But then you're saving them to be toads, just the little peons in the kingdom. And it's just so many of the jokes are based around that idea. Um, like, I, I, I think I sent you guys one. Um, I can't remember if I sent you the screenshot or not. But it was it the shopkeeper one. Yeah, the shopkeeper one. one. Like you saved me. Thank goodness you saved me. Yeah. So now now I can work eighteen hour days in this shop and sell you crap. Uh, one of my favorites is you you save a uh, a guy who's like folded into a leaf or a green bug or something, and he goes he's like, "Is this how Luigi became Luigi? Is this my origin story?" And he goes, (laughs) "Might as well lean into it. I'm gonna go buy a green hat." Yeah, no, they've they've done an excellent job with the writing in this one. It just really, like I said, Olivia is just she's she's kind of she strikes a good balance of being um, curious about the world because they're not from there, but also having not just like this you know like childlike character all around like she still has her plenty of her own personality with stuff and it's it's really it's really fun um and then and i'm excited to see both more luigi and more bowser because you do have short uh yeah. instances with the two of them at the beginning of the game and i'm excited to see what both of those two are up to as all this is happening yeah the the next character you should be encountering that's going to be joining you for quite a while after this is actually a bob-omb who uh who has amnesia and are, doesn't realize he's one of your enemies. Are there um, companion characters? Yes, but not in that you control the, them. 
they don't can- factor into combat? Well, the bob bomb will attack one enemy for, like, 20 damage at the end of a turn. Okay. Sometimes. Like, generally the but first basically turn Basically, that was my question. Combat, Do they factor in in any way? Yeah. Yeah, like, he'll... And sometimes you can plan around that. Like, okay, he's going to attack here. I don't know if it's random or not, but it seems like he attacks the first turn, and the second turn he's asleep. Like, he'll just fall asleep and just kind of... Naturally. Anyway, um... It might be random, but it, it seems like he always attacks in the first turn. Um, but, but again, generally, just the way the combat works, um, a single attack is not super useful um, because you're trying to... Like, the combat works on groups of enemies. Um, it can be worthwhile, especially if, like, you miss one of the timed attacks and you don't do the full hit so you like end up with one of them alive in a line somewhere just to finish it off so Mm -hmm. it doesn't damage you um but like the the interesting thing about it is just the 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 writing with this character it's a a bob omb like it should not be that interesting but he's a really good character paper mario has consistently done that and it's like one of those things where like i feel like when nintendo is trying to do comedy they're firing on all cylinders yeah, because they really like that's the one thing that like I think has just been consistent with this series from its like uh, inception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, and they they yeah they 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 it's another hit again here and all um, with a protagonist that has nothing to say. Yeah, Mario's just along for the. I still find it funny that they stick with that though because it's. It, it somehow works in front of this world with all these zany, like, loudmouth characters, and even Luigi has such personality, but Mario's just, like, stoically along for it all. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, no, they have, they have a lot of... Um, that Luigi's first line, you, you sent me that screenshot, oh and I, I think that was what I was sold for, where Luigi pulls up to the castle in his go-kart, and then he says to Mario, uh... I'm going to go park the cart. I don't want to tip the valet. I know. It's like just the characterization in a single line. The first line just kind of lets you understand what you're in for. Um, It gets gets across Luigi so well. Um, But yeah, no, they do. They do a really good job with the writing in this. And it's one of those things that. you, You. like you said, every time you collect a toad, like it's it's one of those things like it's 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 a nothing sort of collectible. Like you're you're adding to a list of just like tons and tons of toads by the end. But you want to find all of them because of this right interactions are so the interactions good. with them. Like a lot of the jokes are just so good that just finding them and just seeing just seeing the lines ends up being the reward, like more so than any like actual you know combat advantage or anything like that yeah also this is just a button to throw confetti yeah yeah that's too like mario's goddamn rip taylor mm-hmm. it's pretty great so what i um i'm a little worried though because i have a little bit of an origami phobia after the origami killer from heavy rain mm-hmm. and uh, i'm worried if maybe this well might don't worry about something. this because david cage's writing is terrible so i don't know how you'd be afraid of that <laughs> 
I am when I did see how funny this game looked. I was a little sad that because I was like, man, what if I would have enjoyed this more than Ghost of Tsushima? And I don't know now because I spent the money and I am stuck. But it does look really funny. It looks so the combat though. I've some people have messaged me on the Instagram that they were kind of torn on the combat system. I think the combat's really. We talked about that a little like while you were gone. Yeah, but I think the combat's fantastic. It's. Okay, like so. uh, I didn't really get into this, but we mentioned the puzzle phase of it. But the like the combat phase of it is essentially the same thing it's always been, where you've got mm-hmm. like, more more or less. Um, the rewarding not, like, parts magic... about setting up the attacks. Yeah, um, like the combat itself is still the same. Whenever you jump on something, whenever you're about to hit something with a with a hammer, you just you it's time, timing based. Yeah, you, you time your your button press right before it hits to do significant bonus damage uh to the point where if you're not okay. doing that you're you're gonna have a really hard time you're opening yourself up to attacks yeah yeah um and so if, from that standpoint it's the same thing it's always been so that c- i can see how that would be a little bit um on the tiring side but the 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 difficult part is still like the puzzle setting up setting up the attacks um and that gets more complicated as you go. Um I I also thought it was too simple at the beginning. Um it just felt like a lot of the time you'd get into a fight and it was kind of just it, not really you solving the puzzle as much as it was just it oh it's going to take me a little while to do the button inputs required of me right now. Like it was mm-hmm. it was pretty yeah. straightforward. Um but they they go places with the com with the uh, like the combat puzzles. Um, they oddly enough, I found this out at first by going to. They've got like a, a training area where you can yes the battle lab practice. Yeah, they've got a battle lab where you can practice your timing for each of the weapons and where you can do different puzzles like different. I think that's modes. the more the more useful thing. And there's there's a machine where you can just like take your time. And kind of get familiarized with how the puzzle layouts work, and like yeah. really start to learn and it. and they'll give you significantly more difficult layouts for you to solve. Um, and that was kind of I I you you unlock that fairly early, and like like the first thing I did, they were like you you've got like a minute, like two minutes to uh to do as many puzzles as possible. I'm like okay, these are really stupidly simple so far, and so I go in there, and I finish like four of them. I'm like, oh, oh, they, they're going places with this. They've, they've yeah. really thought this through. Um, and that, to that the point ga- that I'd, yeah, well, anyway, that, that kind of gave the, me the accessories. hope, gave me hope to, to where they were going with the rest of it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it's, they, I think they did a really good job with, um, like the puzzle itself is interesting. It does, it starts a little slow and it can, it can kind of, I can see how that would, turn people off if they weren't do you weren't aware it sounds like it gets it better from where where you're do at you, which is what i was really wanted to ask you and was hoping for because that, that yeah. first boss was an interest the bosses are so different i kind of don't even want to spoil what those are because they're like mm-hmm. they're they're really neat like there's it's a completely different take on the combat for the boss fights yeah do you um 
do you so i was thinking about this uh i was kind of i haven't played the game yet you know i think it looks uh, very delightful but i was trying to find like the general to get you guys as a take on what like the primary criticism was of the game see if you agree with it or not uh it's kind of hard to find because there's a lot of it's all over the place but does do you think people maybe it's is it formulaic compared to the other paper mario games or like what do you think the primary criticism of this game would be in your eyes i guess what, have one. what do you mean by formulaic compared to the other paper mario games Aren't there like several of of them? How many Paper Mario games are there? A lot, but the last two suck. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, uh, like the no, combat is the same different? thing it's been since Super Mario RPG. As far as the whole, it's oh, a timing it? based oh, combat. Okay. Um. Well, with the exception of in that one, it's it's an games, RPG. It's I... like it's in the name. It's it is an RPG. RPG. Uh. To the point where like way more like the, Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's like Final yes. Fantasy. Like there's. Way more. It was the made puzzle. by Square Enix. Yes, way more. The puzzle is about like mana management and making sure you're having the right person attack the right thing. MP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's way more of that. But as far as like the overall mechanics of it, it's 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 basically been the same thing for forever. Um, and I know some people are kind of burnt out with this, but I I think the positioning puzzle is. That's that's the majority of it. Like you still you do that and then have the combat, but the puzzle is just a bigger portion of your success in combat. Yeah, the puzzle is the key to success because if you, you don't line up the puzzle correctly, you can't hit enough of the enemies to make your turn worthwhile. Uh, so that okay, weird. It's hard for me to even envision that. If you haven't played those It's very I've... unique. It's like okay. and again, this is nothing the puzzle stuff is nothing like any of the other paper Mario. Like the games. other ones, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I've thing. never seen but... this in anything else before. It's yeah, no, really it's unique. it is a unique puzzle. Like I'm it, I'm sure it's in something because there's always something like that. But I have never seen this puzzle before either in, in anything like Are you that, guys so. pretty how deep would you say you guys are into this thing? Uh, what am I? I'm probably Josh is a lot farther than me. I'm still in the first day at world. Yeah, I, I, okay, I'd have to go to the system and and check it out. But I'm probably a dozen or so hours in. Um, I'm okay, a couple worlds, two in. or three. Yeah, I've done two of the um streamers, streamers. Yeah. Um, two of what is it? Like five, two of five or six, um, streamers, um. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I I think the the risk with combat that is so puzzly is that it can get repetitive because that was something that like um I know a lot of people thought that the combat ended up combat slash you know the puzzle got repetitive <laughs> on like uh Catherine because uh, it's a very similar sort of like twitch puzzle sort of thing because you have a very limited yeah. amount of time to solve this puzzle on each turn. Um, so it's a, it's the same sort of, not a super, super complicated puzzle, but you don't have a lot of time to sit there and, and figure it out. Um, and since that's the difficulty of it, is that you don't have a lot of time, it can end up being a little repetitive for, for some people. Um, because a lot, a lot okay. of the puzzles, especially early on, like I was saying, are fairly straightforward. Um, and I think it is a little bit repetitive at the beginning because of that, because they're trying to teach you how it works at all. Um, but it, it seems to be, it seems to be getting harder. We'll, we'll have to see as far as like how hard it scales as you go on, whether or not that's like, 
If there's a jumping off point, it yeah. Like if there's that. a point where it's like, okay, we can't make the puzzles any harder, otherwise, no one. We've reached it. the peak of what this thing is. Yeah. yeah, but the way it's scaling currently gives me hope that it it's gonna still be fun through the whole experience. But it is it is a little repetitive at the beginning because they're making sure you get the the combat yeah. the, this new puzzle. It? Yes, yeah. And I get, it warrants that in that, like we said, we've both never seen anything like this in a game, so it's like. How often is Make a game sure you teaching you something you've never really seen anywhere else? Yeah. Well, what about the life lessons that I'm learning? No, I'm just um, Those don't so, count for anything. <laughs> uh, I wish they would bring Super Mario RPG to the Switch because I never played that. And I've always wanted to. Did they? Um, is it like not? The, is I it thought not they put on, it on the Switch. I'd have to check. Um, I feel like they just yeah, added a Super, Super Mario Nintendo RPG. Store. I could be I completely so. wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I know they like just added a bunch of Mario games, a bunch of the uh, Super Nintendo Mario games. But let me look it up. I, they probably haven't. I'm looking it, it up right big now. News, but yeah, I feel like we would have been fucking talking about that shit. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm looking at. I don't see any confirmation of that anywhere. So it would be nice if they did. And I would like to play that, experience what that game was all about. Because at the time, I was just. No, it's not there, but it should it should not, be put on Switch they, online. Yeah, they need to. The best part is that it was put on the Wii U eShop after the Switch was already out. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. That's fucking strange. I kind of, you know, I could have so many good games I could get on my Wii, on my Wii. It was it was magical. I have so many classic games saved on my Wii that I'll never that now my Wii is buried in my <laughs> buried somewhere in my house never to be exposed again. Sadly. Uh, anyways, cool. So you guys are you're digging it, yeah? Paper Mario mm-hmm. and the Origami King. Cool. Um, so th- this Carry On game is kind of interesting. I only played about an hour of it, just so I could talk about it a little bit with Josh. But I know it's it's a weird game from Devolver where you're basically like, it's almost like you're the Blob from Inside, but like way more vicious. Um, and you sort of that move blob around like Inside was so docile. It's it's been a good year for the Blob from Inside. It was in The Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in carry on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's making a comeback strong. It really is. Um, but yeah, it moves from the, this is one of their more hyped devolver games. People have been talking about for a while from the, the hour that I played, it was the movement is interesting because the, the carry on, uh, the blob itself, it's just, that's what it's called, right? The carry on that refers to the, the primary thing i was carry on's like what fl- dead flesh or something I'm, what's the definition of carry on let's see definition a decaying flesh of dead animals okay mm-hmm. all right but are they dead animals yes no, i guess we'll find you'll out. you'll you'll get there with that um you have occasionally some flashback sections where you are playing as a human uh not just flashbacks like eventually you'll be able, you'll get like this additional tendril like you've got you've got like all these different tendrils that you can reach out and grab stuff with but eventually get one yeah. that will let you mind control any of the any of the humans that you like oh, stick cool. it in the, yeah. their head with which is really really fun um like they use it for a few puzzles and for some of the combat and stuff um so when you like slap them with your tendril does the camera immediately switch to the control of the human being is that what happens what? or um yes ish but not really because they they have the camera follow the tendril whenever you're sending the thing out so essentially because you're still attached to yeah, it. yeah so yeah, so yeah. like it it kind of follows 
you know, the thing you're controlling all the way to that person, at which point it's, it's already in the right spot to be um, controlling the, the new character at that point. Um, it is weird when he grabs stuff in the game because you can grab, it, f- it kind of feels like an octopus the way it moves around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, yeah, you can like grab, you know, doors and gates and all sorts of weird. I just, uh, I got the cobweb thing that you shoot at people, um, which is weird. I, I forgot the conceit of why I'm shooting a cobweb. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, the upgrade it, 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 system to me it feels like an octopus. is oddly enough, it, they, they, you unlock it as you go, sort of like a normal, um, metroidvania which is like that's kind of the closest comparison here it's, it's basically a metroidvania um the structure feels kind of like that yeah, yeah they they don't give you a map though so you have to try to remember where you are in this area which i think is kind of the one weakness of the game because it's structured like a metroidvania um But, like, you continually, whenever you move to new areas, um, will, like, move forward and backwards in layers, essentially, on there. So it's it's not, like, a single continuous world uh, that you, you know, yeah. try to... So, at least in my mind, I had a hard time because, remembering because you're the going location of everything like else. Those. Yeah. Yeah, because I've already gone through some of those because, yeah, you go through, like, a hole in the wall and then you come out, like, in yeah. another place. Yeah, so it's it's not really it's something weird. you can map very easily. Yeah, it's, like, perpendicular. Yeah, yeah and so you, you end up, at least at least for me, I ended up in quite a few places, like, getting an upgrade and, like, mm-hmm. like, I'd know a place where I wanted to use it, but it would take me forever to get back to something I recognized to being close enough to then find it from. Um, just because I couldn't hold the whole world in my head, which was, that's, that's kind of the biggest issue with it, uh, as far as, you know, gameplay goes. Um, it's, it's not really a big issue though, because the game is fairly short. It's only, only a few hours long and generally, yeah. And generally there's only one or two areas where you can use each new upgrade. So it's, it's not really going to take you so long to to go find this, you know, the the new place you can you can access with the new the new power-ups. Um but yeah, like that it I think a map would have helped in a lot of these situations to make sure you're not, you know, just wandering around forever trying to find the yeah. new area. Um the conceit of that in a game where you're a human makes sense though. Yeah, it doesn't. Gonna... Yeah, and even even <laughs> to the point where the controls when you're controlling a human are kind of wonky. They're just they're just like as straightforward as possible. It's like walk oh, left, wasn't walk it like an right. inside you would take control of other people. Remember yeah, that? it's very it in, feels in very inside. similar as far as the whole it, it, whenever you're not controlling yourself, it feels kind of a little sluggish and a little bit unwieldy. Um exactly, yeah. But again, you're you know, you know this alien alien to. creature, and it, it kind of yeah. works because of that. Um, by design, yeah, by by design. <laughs> um, the the interesting thing that they're doing puzzle wise is they have an upgrade, um, like you mentioned earlier, where you got the uh, spider web thing. Um, you will, as you go, continue continue to get more and more. Um, power-ups and like every two of them will essentially be 
um, well, every two major ones that are like abilities will um, be upgrades to your tier of of monster. At which point, the next one you get will actually be a new tier, and they they kind of work a la. Mm. Uh, no one played this game. It was it was like a smaller indie game recently, but uh, Adventure of Pip, which is a a game where you are basically moving between resolutions, either a single pixel or like a you know like an eight bit hero or like a sixteen bit hero Mm -hmm. and you have different abilities Mm. at each stage and this is doing a similar thing where like as soon as you level up to the next size up monster you don't have access to your lower abilities like you won't be able to shoot the web Uh, and stuff you'll get like you know like you've like permanently evolved yeah well not permanently like you'll if you take enough damage to where you don't have the same biomass like you get damage down to the point where you're a lower tier you'll have access to all the lower stuff again. Um, and then they also have a couple other ways that you can, like, you know, slough off the additional biomass so you have you know, access to all the earlier abilities. Um, but that's one of the, they, they don't explain it to you. Like, uh, they don't explain anything in the game. Like, it's, it, I don't think there's... I mean, there's there's text for, like, the button prompts, but other than that, there's, like, nothing explaining anything, and you have to just kind of figure it out as you go. And that was one of those things that I, I'd only ever seen that mechanic in, like, one other game. Um, so it took me a while to figure out how to access my earlier talents again whenever I needed them. Cause, and it was, yeah, by bringing your mask down, basically. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a cool mechanic, but it's one of those things that because they don't tell you anything in this game, it took me a while to figure that out. To, um, yes, suss that out. Yeah. Um, but, but once you know that, it, it leads to some pretty cool puzzles. Um, swapping kind of between the different tiers of, of monster as you, as you continue to level up. It's on uh, Game Pass 2. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like... Krang, the thing from Ninja Turtles, mixed with the blob of inside, but it moves very much like an... Even the way you, like, squeeze into, like, a tiny hole because you're, like, a giant blob, Mm -hmm. like, the animation everything reminds me of, like, when you see those videos of, like, an octopus squeezing into a tiny little hole or something on a ship because they just contort their body in all sorts of interesting ways. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and they just kind of roll. asking people about Krang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's mostly... It seemed all right. I mean, it's It's, like, very much kind of a like a tone piece sort of a thing where you are playing yeah. as the monster it's not a super long game and um yeah like it's it's one of those things where like i was pretty excited going into it and it's not bad like i re- i enjoyed my entire time with it but it's <coughs> one of those things like after yeah, it's it done fine. i'm like i knew exactly what it was going into it and at no point was i surprised other than like i said with the whole it picking up a mechanic from a fairly obscure indie game that almost no one yeah. played, um, which that surprised me. But other than that, like the story is, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Um, sort of, you, you know, know, that whole by the, the numbers thing. carry on. It's blob the thing. thing. Um, <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. win. So um, I do. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I think they did. a I think they did a good job with it. The most, most of the, I think the, 
I think the puzzles are the stronger aspect of the game than the combat itself. Um, but I think that's also by design because you're this giant monster that can basically kill anything pretty easily. They, they do have enemies that are smarter and that will like use shields and stuff to, uh, to stop you from killing them so easily. But even at the end of the game, most of the combat is fairly easy. Uh, even, even once you get to the point where they have like, you know, alien, uh, you know, loader mechs like with you know it's guns free. and stuff um yeah I, I i think the i think the puzzles are the stronger aspect of of the game as far as that goes um but it's, it's it still feels like it's just mostly a tone piece and it and you get the yeah. tone from you know devolvers the into those tone pieces so, that, that's yeah. kind of what they do they do a lot of that stuff mm-hmm which is cool. Yeah, but it, no, it's it's it is a good solid time. It's it's a different take on the whole Metroidvania system. It's uh, yeah, I I think it's especially especially if you have Game Pass, it is absolutely worth your time. Mm-hmm. It's it's one hundred percent worth your time. Um, I'm not sure if it's worth your money currently because it's very straightforward. It's I don't know. I'm I kind of feel like. I've got the same sort of feeling I did like with Inside where it's just it's such a short game that um it's it you know it's it's going to land with other people differently. Um but I just I felt like it was over a little too soon to really be hmm. to 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 do everything yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I guess that's do. tricky cuz like Inside was like so affecting for me that um, I didn't really mind the short length, but yeah. I I know what you mean. It's yeah. I mean, it's one of those, it's yeah. it's hard to say because like Super Metroid is a really short game. Like it, you don't you don't remember it looking back on it in retrospect. Yeah, but it's it one of those is. things where it's 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 about as long as Super Metroid, but somehow it feels like it's a smaller game anyway. Um. But I, I think that's probably because you could put a whole lot more into the combat in Super Metroid compared to this. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as well, that and there's just there's more collectible crap in Super Metroid. Like if you really wanted to milk it, um, it would take you a lot longer to find everything. There's there's way less collectible stuff in this. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. It, it was it was really good. Like it's one of those things. Like I would, I'd recommend it to absolutely everyone who has Game Pass. So like Game Pass is great. Mm-hmm. Just sample it. Just sample around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only really two polls I want to hit it this week that were important. Shay left early, so I didn't get to sprinkle these polls like I wanted to, and I didn't want to do some of these without them. But one big one was from our patron and friend, um, Gilbert Kitchens, um, who wanted to know, ask our audience, is Metacritic a fair system for judging a game's quality? Um, and of course, when you talk about Metacritic, everyone agrees because it came back 50, 50, uh, uh, 52% of our audience said it's the best we got and 48 said no. Um, so I want to thank our patron for that question. I, what I always tell people is that Metacritic is more of, um, an aggregate to know like how the industry is feeling about something, especially when it comes to like a lot of awards and stuff like that and like just the overall piece. But I mean, however you judge your game is actually going to be different, but um, 
I guess, you know, we don't have game rankings anymore, so this is the best, the best. Game rankings has now been absolved. Like the carry-on absorbing the death of... I think game rankings became Metacritic, didn't they? Didn't they get eaten they by Metacritic? They bought the URL. I don't know if they bought anything beyond that, but... I don't think they, like, took anything game ranking was doing in Data, account, but they, yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah, as far as I know, they just took the URL. They probably just bought up the URL. Um... But again, I don't know, like the parent companies involved, it may just be a matter of, it may have just been transferred. They may have already owned game rankings some time <laughs> yeah, ago. That would be funny, wouldn't it? Just like secretly split over. But yeah. Um, and then um, I 70% of our audience said that Ghost of Tsushima is basically open world, the video game. Um, I saw that in a review and it made me laugh. So I said, and yeah, so it's, it's open world, the video game. So I still don't think they've taken it from. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but I think that's because they yeah that have was... the have the strength of character to not put a bunch of microtransactions in there. So that's the thing I always wonder when I play these kind of games and I'm kind of more tepid on it than like Rich. I'm like, would I have enjoyed Assassin's Creed Odyssey more than this because I never played that? You know, would I have enjoyed Assassin's Creed Black Flag more than this because I never played that? I'm always like torn. Like, oh, what should I do? I've actually reinstalled Horizon because I want to see if that game is as beautiful and as pretty and as smooth as I remember it. Um, and it was on sale for like $15, the complete edition. So I picked it up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know because Horizon was a great example of a game that was, there was very by the numbers, right? It was like, you know, you go here. There was nothing really about the structure of that game that was special. It was just a kind of a technical well, achievement. And if you went the story. Well- yeah, the well, com- yeah, and the combat it, was yeah, excellent. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, the the visuals, like you said, it is still gorgeous. Like that game, still is one of the best looking things on the console. Um, but then the combat was just so satisfying. Great, killing, yeah. killing all those mech- mechanized dinosaurs is just amazing. Yeah, I do remember it being extremely satisfying, but it's been a long time, it's been many years. It's hard to it's crazy to think that was twenty seventeen. Um, and maybe, you know, it's hard to say when Sucker Punch started working on this, because we still see open world games. Like, it's not like the Far Cry games are like this, the Assassin's Creed games. It's not like some uncommon thing, but it does make you kind of wonder um, if it's going to start to shift soon, because there does seem to be a little fatigue, I feel, you know. But then again, maybe that's just me. Maybe it's because I play these games so much, I feel more fatigued. Maybe the casual gamer who only buys a couple games a year doesn't feel the fatigue I do. I don't know. I don't have that answer. Do you guys feel level fatigue or or no? It's a lot. Uh, there's like games of this size. You got to kind of be choosy at this point because there's just there's a yeah. lot of them. But yeah, people seem to be digging it. It's selling really well. I'm like I said, even though I'm not enjoying it as much as Rich, I'm happy for Sucker Punch because I know they. Uh, you know, I remember back in the the Sly Cooper days, it was so hard to get anyone to to play that game because there was like, yeah, you know. But like everyone's super excited about this game where you can take gorgeous pictures of your samurai splitting people in half. So. Mm-hmm. people seem pretty jazzed about it. anyways uh it's been a fun show let's get out of here i want to thank rich for being here from new york josh from michigan of course i'm here from montana and shay had to bounce uh, he's in japan taking care of some stuff bounce, but we'll be back bounce. bounce we have some more fun stuff to talk about next week and then more ghost of tsushima of course among other things and uh uh, sorry, my brain just crinkled up on me. Um, but but uh, oh yeah, patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you'd like to support us like we talked about earlier, become part of Chomp Nation. Anyways, we love you. Take care. We'll see you next week for an all new Chomp Cast. <laughs>